You could really taste the cowman. episode 187 of flicks in a six based on my understanding after watching our flick of this week i believe this show is considered high art i'm one of your hosts anthony costanzo with me forever and always the man the myth his nibs alessandro Bailsi. say hello al i feel thickly settled no no still don't like it still don't like it everybody that i showed that sign was very concerned Oh, so you you had you shared it around with a handful of people, and you also met yeah. with the same reaction that I did. Dis- it's mostly disgust. It's yeah, like well, you discomfort. read it and go, "Ew!" I don't know why, but ew. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm so so confused. Before I get to that story, did you yep. say episode 186 or 187? Because I'm pretty sure it's 187, right? 187. Okay, I don't know why I heard you say 186, but I, I, I may have. Fair enough. Doesn't really matter, honestly. <laughs> so I went to Cape Cod this weekend. Mm. Um, friend of mine, his wife and him own a house up in the Cape that they rent out to people during the tourist seasons. And so we went up there to take a look at some of that. And also he wanted to look at some prospective other houses and his wife was otherwise engaged. So it's a long drive. He's like, sure. uh, you do anything? It's President's Day weekend. We have an extra day off Monday. I was like, yeah, let's go do it. There's nothing else better going on. So we went up. And we were driving around some of the towns on the Cape, and I encountered a sign that I've never seen anywhere else in the world. And it's a little yellow, one of those, not like hazard signs, but one of those little yellow, like, alert, come look at this sign. It's in a, the shape of a, a square, turn on its side, a diamond, if you will. And on it, it says, thickly settled. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I double took, and I was like, did that just say what I thought it said? And he said, what? And I was like, did that sign say thickly settled? He's, he's, he's like yeah. surely it did not he's like yeah and I was like and that's not you're, and you're okay with this that's not weird or revolutionary or odd to you and he's like you've never seen those before I was like unless it's a thing that's just right here the, uh, no I've never seen that anywhere else in the world yeah. was, now first of all he grew up in the same area that I've lived in my whole life so this is not like a world's colliding <laughs> thing like he has always lived within like five minutes driving from where I live. Sure. <laughs> um, so I pass another sign. I was like, okay, there's more than one of these things around here. I need to snap a picture of this because no one outside of this car will believe me if I just tell them in the world. Right. And so I finally <laughs> I snapped a, a clear picture of it, sent it to Anthony, sent it to several other people. All of you met me with more or less the same thing. Why? Ew. Or some other form of confusion or disgust. <laughs> Now, you were the only person who followed it right up with, like, does that have to do with, like, the houses or the buildings being closely set together? And that's exactly what it has to be cool. in reference to. But there has to have been so many more better ways to say that, I, even I in only like two words. This came out of, like, Parks and Rec, like, one of those, like, forums where they all have to work together and, and come up with the solution. And like, by the end of it, like Leslie has like gum in her hair and <laughs> she's half asleep. Someone's been arrested. Yeah. yeah. So we, so, so we're okay with thickly settled all in favor. And everybody just goes, uh, <laughs> the thing is, it took me about 10 seconds to come up with densely populated. Sure. How about that? 
Sure. Yeah. Or, or if just you, like if you want something less elegant, how about many houses? Many. <laughs> many. <laughs> well, from what I from my understanding, because I did a little digging after the fact, what you can expect in an area that is thickly settled is a lower speed limit. So why not just put a speed limit sign up? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was still just the conventional residential 30 miles an hour there. <laughs> you know, Al, this podcast is thickly settled. <laughs> well, the thing is, I was like, I tried to rack my brain as to like, how, if I just, if you just gave me those two words mm-hmm. in a sentence, like what was the most likely sentence I could come up with that would like, it would almost kind of sort of work in that sentence. And all I could come up with was, Oh God, I ate too much. It's all like thickly settled here in my stomach. You know what I mean? That's about all I could come up with where it wouldn't be totally out of the realm of possibility. It feels like something that would be on jeopardy for 200. The answer thickly settled. Yeah. (laughs) And then if it was Saturday night live, it would be, what is your mother? I just, (laughs) exactly. I just couldn't even imagine how I would use it in that context properly. I'm like, you could put me in Tokyo or any, like the most densely populated city in the world. And the term (laughs) thickly settled. You're seeing a lot of people. You're seeing a lot of buildings around. You're like, my goodness, this area is thickly settled. It would never cross my mind (laughs) to use those two words in conjunction to describe people living at a place. Every once in a blue moon. You'll say something, and you'll think, I'll think to myself, this has happened to me, and I'll think to myself, I wonder if this string of words has ever been uttered. Yeah. And now, I'm gonna have to just assume yes. <laughs> it's like that thing where, like, if you can think it, there's porn of it on the internet. Like, you yeah. know, if, you can, if you can think of these two words in conjunction, someone has made a sentence around them. I think I'm gonna change, so when you have a security system... You have to have a verbal password in oh, yeah. case it trips the alarm. I think I'm going to change it to thickly settled. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that if it ever were to go off and they were to call, what's your password? Thickly settled. Ew, why? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> we're sending the police anyway. <laughs> uh on this week's episode, Call of Duty delays, <laughs> Bioware update, Elden Ring, and trailers and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, if you can call it that, the power of the dog. But first, Al, what are we drinking? You totally nailed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're drinking cigar. We're drinking Cigar City Brewing's Florida Cracker. It's a Belgian-style white ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. It's got... 15 IBUs. It's 5.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, it was born in Tampa, Florida. Made by hand. Sure. Um, I'd like to reiterate that it was brewed with coriander and orange peel. <laughs> Is that because you saw it twice? Yes. Two, <laughs> to, two, one of them was in like a subtitle and the other yeah. one was in the, the bottom line here. So, uh, though it's named for the 18th century Cracker Cowboys of the Florida Prairie, the citrusy notes and effervescent body of this Belgian-style white ale make it perfect for any lovers of fresh air and outdoor adventures. All right, so first off, well done. I did not even, I didn't read anything about this beer. I understand why you picked it now. Secondly, um, what's a cracker cowboy? First of all, I want to thank you for the compliment that you paid me, of which I totally earned, because I definitely planned this. <laughs> 100%. I am definitely absolutely that clever and foresightful. 
<laughs> and I'm an expert in babyology. <laughs> Second of all, I have no idea what a cracker cowboy is. I have no idea what a Florida cracker is. I'm just going to assume there's some sort of racial undertone there, right? I would hope not if it's on this beer can. But well, I would hope know, not, too. But I'm, I'm just, that's going to be my assumption. Correct or incorrect. Cracker cowboy. Listen, they say when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. And that's what I'm doing. Oh, boy. I typed Cracker Cowboy. Here are your first four autocompletes. Cracker Cowboy. Cracker Cowboys of Florida. Cracker Cowboy Heritage Festival. Cracker Cowboy Day. Where do we start? Dealer's Choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Cracker Cowboy Day. Because that sounds fun. Uh, Saturday, October 16th, 2021, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. at St. John's County Fairgrounds. Enjoy a celebration of Cowboy Cracker in quotes, heritage at the 62nd annual Cracker Day celebration. <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of where's and when's and why's, yep. but not what a lot of what's. What is a Cracker Cowboy? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a list now. Cracker Cowboys, sometimes called cow hunters, were distinct from the Spanish vaquero and the Western cowboy, as they did not use lassos to herd or capture cattle, but instead utilized herd dogs to move cattle along the trail. Okay, but why are they called Cracker Cowboys? This is from legendsofamerica.com. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go to Wikipedia because I feel like we're going to have some fun if I open I, this art. <laughs> I actually need the namiology of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just take a quick scan at these uh, at these headlines and we'll see where we're going to start. We've got historical usage, Cracker Cowmen. Modern usage, <laughs> crack- <laughs> Cracker Cowmen, the fathers of the Cracker Cowboys. <laughs> Cracker Storytelling Festival. Uh, notable Florida crackers. I'm beginning to get uncomfortable with where this is. You can understand why yep. my first All right. guess. Now, I have a question Ready? that you certainly can't answer because you still haven't found the answer I'm asking you for. Is Uncle Cracker an honorary Cracker Cowboy by name? The term Cracker was in use during the Elizabethan era to describe braggarts and blowhards. This original root of this is... What? Oh, the original root of this is the Middle English word crack, meaning entertaining conversation. Blah, 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 which survives as a verb as in to crack a joke. Okay. So they're just mouthy cowboys? Ah. In Florida, those who own or work cattle traditionally have been called cowmen. <laughs> in the <laughs> Sure. In the late 1800s, they were often called cow hunters or cow hunters. <laughs> Um, Is there a hyphen that separates one of those two ones? One has a space. Okay. (laughs) A reference of seeking out cattle scattered over the wooded rangelands during roundups. At times, the term cowman and cracker have been used interchangeably because of similarities in their folk culture. Today, the Western term cowboy is often used for those who work cattle. Oh my goodness. So do we have an answer? The Florida cow hunter or a cracker cowboy of the yep. 19th and early, earliest 20th centuries <laughs> was distinct from the Spanish vaquero and the Western cowboy. Florida cowboys did not use lassos. To... Okay, we're back You're to reading this the now, same thing again. Yeah. Which this is from, this is, this is in Wikipedia, but it's clearly from that other website. They literally plagiarized it? Or is it um, like a pull quote? Plagiarized it, I'm sure. Okay, nice. Florida cattle and horses... Why, though? 
You know what? Maybe maybe I have to rephrase this Google. Search. So we have no, we have an Why answer, just not a good one. And it seems like we're destined never to get a good one. Cracker cowboy. I like. I I think add it to the list of podcasts that we're gonna do. Namiology <laughs> and and cousins do Google searches. <laughs> That's son. Here's your here's your dog. Here's your first ranch and dog. Today's the day you officially graduate from cowboy to cowman. Oh my god. <sighs> There's too many. There's too many things that are telling you. Wait, that was like a full 10 second delay. It's because I, you know. You were reading, I know. Yeah. uh, There's so many things that are coming up that are being like, yeah, because, um, you know, from the the Florida crackers. Like, that's a thing we all know. But yeah, this one here says, to a Florida native, being called a cracker is a compliment. It recalls the grit and tenacity of laboring cowboys who came generations before them, from which the nickname Florida Cracker is derived. Passed down from cow father to cow son for generations. <laughs> I think um, it's safe to say that we're not finding out what a Florida Cracker cowman cowboy the, was. What was that? The the Tootsie Pop. The world may never know. <laughs> the, world, the world may never know. I would like um, to try. Would you like to try this very oddly named beer? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to try again. Ready for the clink? No. That's not bad, actually. That wasn't terrible. Ooh, that's got... um... I know it says orange peel and coriander, but that smells like straight up apple juice to me. (laughs) Not apple juice, but I I would concur it was kind of an undetermined fruit juice. It also tastes like apple juice to me. Al, are you tricking me? Is this apple juice? I, I thought it tasted like a white ale with brewed with orange peel and coriander. I don't I don't know. It was it was made by hand, or as mm. they or as they phrase it on. You here. could really taste the cowman. <laughs> <laughs> this beer is thickly settled with the taste of cowman. Oh. <laughs> goodness uh wow okay yeah no this is pretty tasty no i i do taste i taste the uh the i i i, I taste it now but it, you know, kind of reminiscent of blue moon um which makes yeah. sense, right and uh just you know a little a little bit maybe fresher like brighter brighter thick <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not a thick beer it's, it's not, not even thick. remotely no, thick actually no, this is this is nice although though. you know what i will say the foam has thickly settled upon my glass hmm and that's not a gross sentence. Not mine, weirdly. Oh, mine very clearly has no, a different. I, yeah, you have two levels. <laughs> Each time I take a sip, there's a new band of foam that's created. <laughs> and in that context, I'm not grossed by that phrase anymore. Isn't that how like you age rocks? <laughs> Something like that. Tr- trees, right? Like trees. Uh, those are rings. Yeah. Inside the trees. Yeah. Oh, like sedimentary rocks. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. a subsection of sedimentary rock, you can. What are the other rocks? Igneous and metamorphic. That's right. I took a lot of chemistry in our science and stuff in my sure. life. So. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did I tell I like you? It. Did I tell you? Mm. Did we do the last tool last week? Was that last week or was that two weeks ago? That was last week. Um, Like two days after we recorded that, there was a question about the last duel. Not the movie, the actual event in real life on Jeopardy. I feel like you. So maybe that was two weeks ago. I feel like you told me about that during the last duel episode. 
Oh, so maybe it was the day before. I don't remember. I, yeah. I all I know is like because you had watched it a week before we did it. That's true. So maybe I, maybe it had happened right after I watched the movie before. We you got Krugered by it. I'm pretty sure that's how it came up. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. See, I don't remember because we didn't have the last episode come out as of this recording. Right. So it's uh, what is it? You didn't remember. That's probably what happened. Is this like another level on top of the Kruger? This is like. Isn't there another phrase from those things of like the like shared knowledge where there's no evidence that the knowledge has been passed from one person to another? There's it's a name for there. that phenomenon as well, where like it's almost have we become a hive mind? <laughs> yeah, <that> like <laughs> it's an unexplainable <laughs> phenomenon, like where you know it does feel like that's got to be some sort of like higher ele- ele- elevation from the Kruger effect. I agree. No, we just all know the Kruger corollary. <sighs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh man, that's good. Um, I'm going to use that to to explain anything that I know, but don't know why I know it. I have to find out if I can find some sort of industry contact between John Ortiz and Diane Kruger. We got to get her on the podcast. <laughs> that would be that would honestly that would that would be the final episode because there's yeah. no way up from there. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I just want to thank you for what I, you've done. For ideally, us. it would it would result in us have growing our listenership. So hopefully, that wouldn't end. Mm. the thing like hopefully you gotta go out on top though i guess that's true we're in a, quite a pickle here yeah claws and spickles claws and spickles <laughs> yeah uh al sent me a tweet earlier today from claws and spickles twitter account which is just a phrase that you can say <laughs> i can then, confirm that's a phrase you can say and then uh just what a wonderful tweet uh al can you share it with us can wait? Can you read it? Because my phone is plugged in. Uh, I gotta pull it up. Give me a second. I w- I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the brine. But the lack of dills, the jar's empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that is somebody. Somebody at Clausen's Pickles marketing team just had this stroke of genius and giggled <laughs> through every character they typed on that keyboard. Those are the best. You know, and you know, it's like definitely just like sitting there like <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go buy some Clausen's pickles tomorrow just because of this. I honestly and and you know what? That's good marketing. Yes. Yeah. No, they, I, they earned it. They earned they one purchase of pickles, and if I like I more of them, they'll have a lifelong customer. I just want like it, this is one of the rare occurrences where it's like I owe I I never want a survey, right? How did you hear about us? I never want a survey. I would like a survey when I buy this jar of gloss and pickles. How did you hear about us? Well, <laughs> glad you asked. I'm, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> um, I would give that tweet four out of four pickles. Uh, how many thuckles do you give this beer? This beer is is um, I'm, I'm it's a toss up between two and three for me. Okay, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Trace Thuckles. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna go two thuckles. Yeah. Solid beer. Solid beer. Yeah, I, I just it's it's just nice, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I you know, I three because for whatever I didn't know I was in the mood for it. I'm, I'm really in the mood for it. I think on a regular it's, day, probably two. It's well, it's the right. I, I you know what I did pick this beer for. Hmm. In addition to the cowman, the cowman, which was definitely yeah. a thing I planned out foresightfully. Um, the real reason that I picked it was because I just. <laughs> We make up a lot of words and phrases on this show, so I'm just going to keep going with it. Um, That's a game that we could play, like, years down the road, right? I'm going to give you three words. One of them, we made up. (laughs) 
Anthony, you already you already came up with this game like six weeks ago on the podcast, which I'm going to surprise you with when you've gone long enough without mentioning it or referring to it. I have? Yes, we, we're going to do a whole separate podcast. Oh, right. Is that the Kruger Corwell? No, because you just Krugered yourself because that information was in your brain from a previous conversation that you forgot about then rediscovered. I mean, yeah, that's the equivalent of just like a shelf that has random things on it because I didn't, like, I have no reason, I don't know why it's there. Amazing. Yes. Um, I totally forgot what I was just saying, though. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I normally I embrace and appreciate the tangent. Sure. In this case it was it was a, a re-tangent though. <laughs> yeah. Something about it being a good beer. Oh, why I chose the beer. Yeah. There he is. It's um no, it's it's a it's a white ale, and this is the right time to be drinking that. It says oh. as winter is just on the fringe of transitioning to spring, that's that's the time. Let's get in and in this next month or so. Let's get some whites, let's get some uh wits, let's get some uh I'm talking about the beers. Some, <laughs> so, some whites and wits. Let's go. This um Listen, I was the first one to point it out that I felt like there were some racial undertones to calling it the cracker Florida cracker, whatever the fuck. It's, so, it's gotta have something to do with like also why cracker barrels called cracker barrel, right? I always assume that was literally a barrel of crackers. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what if just on the bottom, like after all this, there's like a little bit of a fine print that says brewed with real Florida crackers. Oh, <laughs> Well, when they <laughs> say that, everything. no, when they say that, do they mean the like baked treats, or do they mean there's actual, actual cowman <laughs> in here? <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to transition out of this. So let's move on. What a kind of news <laughs> nugget <laughs> you got for me this week. You want to talk about that trailer that you watched right before? Yeah, that was again? a good trailer. What yeah, was I, the funny thing was, I think. <laughs> the funny thing is, I think. You watch a different trailer than what I watched, which is why huh. I didn't bother rewatching it, and I listened to it kind of through the mm. the link here, and it's called Our Flag Means Death. And it's a new show that's coming out next week on HBO, I think. Oh, that's soon. <laughs> it, it sure is. Um, I'm going to see if I can uh, bring up an article about this. Let's go with this one on Gizmodo. Our flag means death will explore the outsider artist of pirates. Showrunner David Jenkins starred Reese Darby and other cast members talked to io9 about HBO Max's new pirate comedy. Based on the trailers and the fact that producer Taika Waititi co-stars as Blackbeard, we were already extremely pumped for HBO Max's new pirate comedy, Our Flag Means Death. Then we got a chance to see the first few episodes and our enthusiasm has reached outrageous heights, a sentiment shared by the show's own cast and crew. It starts with the show's utterly delightful focal point, 18th century, quote, gentleman pirate Stead Bonnet, played by Reese Darby, an aristocrat who impulsively becomes a swashbuckler and who could not be more out of his element on the high seas. Fantastic. He's just a great character, showrunner David Jenkins told io9. I think learning about Steed was like, I mean, who has a midlife crisis and becomes a pirate? <laughs> um... Jenkins, whose previous credits include alien abduction comedy, People of Earth. Whatever happened to that show? That show very quietly disappeared after two seasons. Huh. Uh, admitted that he wasn't necessarily a big fan of pirate lore prior to working on the series. Really, it was the enigma of Steed that drew him in. I think actual pirate stuff is fine, but it's not necessarily my cup of tea. And I think Taika Waititi felt similarly. <clears throat> but hearing about this guy and reading about him and seeing that, you know, he left his family, he met Blackbeard, they hit it off, and we don't know any of the details in between. 
So filling those blanks in, having a very human story, and then being able to do it with the pirate genre, that was like, oh, this would be cool. Um, I'll skip ahead here. It's funny that you say, you brought up People of Earth. I And you're like, whatever happened to that show? I was like, what is that show? And I went and looked it up and clicked on images, and I'm like, huh. I think I've seen this entire, like, whatever this whole season was. I think I watched it. <laughs> Did you? I remember, I, I could have swore you and I talked about it. That predates Flicks in a Six. Yeah. Um, I believe it does. It was Wyatt Cenac and... 2016 to 2017. So it was right around, it ended right around the start of our show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was two seasons. I watched them. I enjoyed it. It wasn't great. Yeah, but I liked thing. it. I, I remember, I vaguely remember enjoying it, but I don't remember anything about it. It was on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. It was about aliens. It was about, <laughs> it was about, uh, like, it was, it was about a support group. Right. For people who were abducted who have been by abdu- Yeah, okay, okay. And obviously I mean, everyone I, thought they were insane. The broad strokes I remember, I don't remember, like, I can't remember, like, funny things that happened or really much about the interactions. But, anyway. Um, this this pirate, this swashbuckling comic. Well, it was, it was, it was sorry, that, the, my last night on that show was, it was a big deal. Like, the show was, half of it was on the support group of people who were abducted by aliens. The main character, White Cenac, was a journalist who heard about this stuff and then realizes while he was writing a story about the support group that he has a traumatic flashback to the fact that he also may have been abducted by aliens as a child. Secondarily, the other half of the story was told from the perspective of three aliens who were two of them were orbiting earth and one of them was on earth and they one right. of them is, each of them is from one of the different types of the quote unquote main types of aliens. There's the lizard person right one. there's the gray and there's the 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 nordic or whatever it was the uh-huh. scandinavian ish one and they oh had upper alien bosses who wanted them to continue to take over the world but the one of them had kind of taken over a watchful eye of Wyatt Cenac and <laughs> the norwegian one i think had a sexual relationship with one of the people who yep. was abducted and the gray one was kind of sexually repressed so that's right Okay, this is all coming back. Thank you for the recap. Yes. Back to pirates. Back to pirates. <laughs> From aliens to pirates. Um, yeah, no, this show just looks... A fucking, memoir. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. If the next thing that Taika Waititi hooks on with that isn't good will be the first thing. So it looks funny. It looks extremely of that brand of comedy. And so I'm going to watch it. Absolutely. I mean, like anything that he does at this point, it's like, I, I, it's just, oh, great. I've got a new fun time coming my way. I yeah, will he, say that... He doesn't do bad stuff i understand that he's not making this but i don't think he would sign on to do this if it wasn't some level of clever or interesting or funny like i'm not saying it's gonna be the next great work of art but like sure there's gonna be something that lends itself to you coming back to watch it every week yeah uh, the only thing i will say though is the trailer the trailer is not great like there's not really i feel like there's a couple of of funny tone pieces that you get to see which is good and maybe that's a good thing not to ruin any punchlines but and that's what I'm getting at is I was chuckling watching the trailer, even though there wasn't any great single yeah. thing that was in it. Just conceptually, this is ridiculous. Yes. So I'm in. Which is which is absolutely um the YTT brand. So that's 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 cool. Also, what a fun what a fun little thing for you to drop in my lap only moments before starting the show. And you know, we get it you said next week? Yeah, th- by, the I time, think it's a- by the time this episode actually goes out, it might be here. 
I'm not yeah, very suppose, on top of it. <laughs> I, I suppose that's a possibility. Uh, today is the 23rd. This is March 3rd, so we have 10 days. Great, now you put a date on it. math is correct, and it's probably not. It's definitely not. Well, yeah, because it comes out February 33rd, right? <laughs> <laughs> The problem is February 33rd is actually March 1st. (laughs) (laughs) No, I still did that math wrong. Fuck. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It comes out next week. Sometime next week. Sometime next week. You know what else comes out next week? What? The Batman. That's the day after, February 34th. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Wow! That was a real one. Um, yeah, so speaking of the Batman... Uh, I didn't last, watch that trailer. I last week, it. we said, surely this is enough with the trailers. And I'm pretty sure since then, I've seen three more. <laughs> All I'm, of them, surprisingly enough, yeah, have no, been I'm good. Just, I'm just not going to watch them anymore. Don't I, watch them. There's nothing served by me watching any no. more trailers. I'm in, I'm going to watch the movie. Leave me alone. Keep your trailers away. No, yeah, keep your trailers out of here. Uh, no, it's 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 fine. They they are good. I don't think each one of them maybe has like five more seconds than it's just like a recut of what's already been there. Like maybe yeah. with a little bit more context, which is fine. Um, but it, uh, but really just unnecessary because at this point there is a lot. There's a lot of trailers, yeah. and we uh, we've talked about this a few times in the last couple of years. This is definitely a phenomenon that's been a result of the pandemic. It just like dragging out all of these production cycles on all these different like movies and shows and stuff where it's like, oh, that movie's supposed to come out six from six months from now and then it's 18 months later and it still hasn't come out yet. And it's like, we have to keep telling you that we're still coming out at some point. Yeah. Like, don't forget about us. The worst thing, the, the most frustrating piece of it, and I think we may have touched on this a long time ago, probably probably before the break, um, is the trailer that has a teaser trailer for the trailer before the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't understand that. Character. It's like the Batman. There's like a car crashing through. He's like, you know, throwing his cape. Like cowl's coming down. Like it's like ah, it's like trailer now. Why? <laughs> I know what it is. I clicked the link. Oh, I've even seen one. I remember seeing one in the past. I don't think it was a Batman one specifically, though. They may have done this as well, where it's like the new. Batman trailer in three and it's mm. a smash cut to like a thing happening Two, a smash cut to another yeah. thing happening one smash cut to another thing happening and then they show you the trailer and each of those things are in it's like no no just show me the trailer right. Why? Well, like what is uh, there's got to be something that we don't know about like some reason behind it whether it's like a numbers thing where you have to watch a certain amount of time for like the click to count or like that's that's my guess is that there's some sinister plot <laughs> it, it reminds me of in the other guys do you remember how like you remember that movie well i know we've talked no, about it a bunch not well ago. but i do remember bits and pieces of so, it. so towards the end of the movie Great. when they grab the guy who they're trying who they've been investigating this whole time they mm-hmm. talk to him a bunch of times and then they realize that he's doing his whole plot to steal all this money to satisfy some bigger corporation whose money he lost and blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to get him to help them, you know, he'll get immunity to help testify on what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But they're in a safe house because they're all being hunted now. And he says, all right. Yeah. They're like, okay, start from the, the, the beginning. He goes, okay, I can do that. He goes, oh, although, you know, it would be kind of boring. So I was wondering if maybe we jump fast forward to some part of the, the 
the end or in the middle, and then we flash back to the thing, and you kind of tell it sort of episodically, and maybe <laughs> pause for different other characters' perspectives and thoughts and feelings on things. Otherwise, it's kind of just this boring sort of linear story, and they're like, just get to the point already! <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid. I should really, really rewatch that movie. I'm it's sure. it's very different than the early McKay Farrell collaborations, but it's what informed. It's such it's such a weird movie because it exists. It still has the DNA of like the Anchorman, Talladega Nights stuff, mm-hmm. but it hasn't quite yet become the what's it called. Um, what was the name of the, the Wall Street movie that he did with uh, Steve Carell and all them? Big Short. Yeah, it, it hasn't quite become the Big Short right. and Vice and and um, what's it called? Don't Look Up yet. It's mm-hmm. it it exists in this weird Frankenstein's monster like proto like version of between those two eras. Yeah, and I don't understand that, and I also don't understand why our Skype just cut out. I see that we're both frozen. Ah, I see. I see you though. I don't see you. Skype literally died on me. Oh, that's sad. Oh, like it, like the app is gone. Yeah, closed. Oh, cool. That's why you're completely frozen. That makes sense. This is technical difficulties with Al and Anthony. Sometimes computers really grind my gears. Hang on. He's coming back. I'm rejoining. Join the call. What's going to happen when you rejoin? Because right now you're frozen in the most fantastic way. I see you. You're totally normal, and I'm moving in my little picture-in-picture, picture, so... Alright, alright. Now, be- now it's become a you problem. Cool. Uh, you <laughs> need to mute your Skype, good sir. A little behind the scenes on how we do this show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, there you are. And you're moving! Am yeah, I was moving? gonna say, you, from the second the call rejoined, you've been normal on my end. I Fantastic. So long okay, to we're good. Yours, so. We're, we're fine. We're fine. A little detour. No big deal. No big... Okay. Um, wait, was there more on the, on the other guys? No, we were talking, that was just a, it was a a wild tangent that we went on talking about uh, the Batman trailers. Right. Oh my God. I, I definitely, you know what? That whole, the whole technical difficulties thing really threw me for a loop there. Al, what else is going on in the news and nuggets? Call of Duty was delayed. The 2023 one. There won't be a new Call of Duty in 2023, says report. This year's Modern Warfare and Warzone releases will be supported for two full years. This is on Polygon. This is from yesterday. (coughs) Treyarch's next Call of Duty game won't arrive in 2023. While this year's Call of Duty is still on track, next year's has been delayed and will not release in 2023, according to a report from Bloomberg, which is what I would read, except I don't want to click on Bloomberg because I don't have a subscription. (coughs) This year's Call of Duty will be a new entry in the Modern Warfare franchise and is developed by Infinity Ward. Activision announced earlier this month. Infinity Ward will also develop a follow-up to Call of Duty Warzone, one that is supposed to launch sometime in 2022. Hmm. That's a lot of work for Infinity Ward all in this year, and all of it on Call of Duty. <coughs> Bloomberg's report says that this year's Call of Duty release is planned to get a, quote, steady stream of additional content. Bloomberg also reports that there will be a new free-to-play online title released next year that Treyarch is helping develop. Hmm. With Sledgehammer making last year's Call of Duty Vanguard and this year's entry being handled by Infinity Ward, the next Call of Duty entry will come from Treyarch and will be part of the Black Ops series. After the delay, this new Black Ops game can be expected sometime in 2024. I'm confused. There's now three 
different studios that make Call of oh, Duty? Oh, yeah. There has been for a while. <clears throat> I always thought it was just at, um, Treyarch and Infinity Ward. I didn't know that Sledgehammer was also a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's too much. It, it has been for quite some time. It's just too much. Take I've a hated, break. I've hated this model. I, I started treating it like Madden, where I would only buy it every other year, and it was only because I, I it took me a while to realize, oh, I only like the Infinity Ward ones. I don't like the Treyarch ones. Ah, I, yeah. I liked the Modern Warfare ones, and that's the only ones I would buy. Sure. Yeah, those are those are the good ones. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know. It's I'm kind of over it. There there was a it, it hit it. There was a peak where I really really enjoyed it like Absolutely. years ago, and then the um, first Modern Warfare was like revolutionary at its time. Like it, I think it was two like, was a little bit more um, surprising and like well made because it's, it's got the it's got like the structures the bones that were that were laid out by the first one but then it's it's like way more polished and a much better game sure i'm just saying like call of duty had been like kind of a niche thing like, it was big like but like not like all consuming it was yeah because like up until modern warfare it was all it was all you know world was, war ii yeah it was all world war, world war ii stuff and then modern warfare really like stepped it up where it became this part of like the monoculture yeah. and then uh, yeah modern warfare 2 i think was the best iteration of them, but like it, that all starts with Modern Warfare, and the Modern sure. Warfare Three was fine. But yeah, I I, I don't even remember it. Them. Yeah, it's funny. Like I I have fond memories of playing those games, but I don't remember the games themselves. Like I remember certain aspects of the multiplayer. Yeah, I remember um, certain actually, things I don't... of the campaign that were surprising. Well, that was the funny thing too. Was like the even the first one, Modern Warfare, was like kind of a big deal from a campaign perspective, which that was never like what your first thought of uh, Call of Duty is. Sure, um, because it killed off one of the main characters, like one of the player characters. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. It was such a, it was like oh shit moment, and then That's they right. did it again That's in the right. second one, which was fine, but everyone was kind of expecting it would happen at some point. Sure, and then three, like they just were killing everyone left and right because it's like, okay, what worked? Everyone really liked that moment where we killed you. We'll just kill you every time. Like it's that's that's funny. I yeah, I you know I'll play a a, a Call of Duty game here and there. I played. Uh, I really enjoyed Warzone um, with a I few played friends. It, I played it like three times. One of them with you. Yeah. And one of your friends. We had fun. With I think it was you, me, and Brian, and Chris. I think. Oh, maybe. Um. Yeah, the I I haven't touched a Call of Duty in a while though, and I don't know. Take I think I mean I, obviously they're not like they're just printing money, but it's just like take a break, make a make a get those teams together, you know? Yeah, get those heads together, make something pretty outstanding. Like let it give it time to simmer so that you could like blow the doors off it. But you know I say that, but the business will never let that happen because it like I said because they're just printing money. They they're constantly like. An insane top seller. So I just there's got to be a happy medium between like Bethesda and Rockstar making a game once a decade and making a game every single year. Yeah, right? like there's got to be a happy medium between there. Mm-hmm. Like, could we just call it every two years? Yeah, let me take years? a breath in between. How about whenever it comes out and it's done? Yeah, like, it's not like it has to be tied <laughs> to a thing. Like Christmas, like sales of video games isn't really like a thing anymore. Like if you come out with a game like for this Christmas season. And then it comes out in like, I don't know, May of two and a half years from now. I'm sure it'll still sell obscenely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I'll, I'll maybe, I, I, I said, I said, maybe I'll check it out, but I don't know if I will. We'll see what happens when the time comes. I won't. I just, yeah, I've lost interest in the series. I well, at that point, I, I'm, I'm kind of, by that point, um, there's a chance that it'll be on Game Pass, right? So. Yeah. 
when you don't have to pay an additional cost and you just hop in because you have friends playing like that's that's, that's right. fine but. that's right you got you got a lot of video game news on this yeah it's weird i didn't have a lot of big news for like stuff that we tend to do but there was some interesting video game news out there so i thought let's do it um yeah. so uh elden ring sure i guess that just came out today uh yeah well, certainly the review embargo lifted, and it's already being talked about as like the greatest game in some years. Yeah, I've 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 heard that a lot. Brian's been texting me all day, like with like different things that have been popping up, and it's 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 interesting. It sounds cool. It's cool that that's happening. I from the glimpses I got of the game in the past, I it, I wasn't really that interested. I like like the like there's some cool aspects to it that um that have piqued my interest, but I wasn't considering picking it up see now i feel like i might want to get uh be part of this the movement you know what i mean <laughs> see i thought it looked cool as shit the first time i saw like a trailer for it and then i heard it was like written by like george r, r. martin i was like that's random mm. and it's like i heard it's f- like from software and i was like oh god damn it i just there's no chance i can i've heard the tales of like the dark souls games and i just sure. don't know if that's for me i remember even i was hesitant about playing jedi fall right. order and i end up loving that game that there that's was part of the reason why i want to play it because like i love that game and i lo- actually loved the style of gameplay and it so much that like maybe maybe those games are for me and i just didn't know it. i've just never really tried one yeah i don't know i've just heard so much of what i've heard about them seem like it sounds so cool in concept but i feel like it would be a turnoff for me specifically mm. um <clears throat> i've heard that this is kind of a somewhat sort of meet you halfway thing where it's like i know one of the big things with um the the dark souls games was that there's like no map zero like tips you just go fuck around and do your thing until you figure it out but you're gonna die 400 times and it's gonna be incredibly frustrating and you're gonna throw your controller through your tv and then Mm -hmm. you're gonna you know want to throw a party when you defeat one of the bosses and then it's like it's like i don't know that just seems like a bit too much frustration for me sure if I if I get killed thirty seven different times and have zero chance of like winning at an engagement like that, I'm gonna lose interest eventually. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'm I'm with you. I, but this I, one, this one from what I've heard is it gives you a little bit more of a map type of thing, and it gives you a little bit more idea what's going on. But also like there's like zero quest log thing, and it's still a lot of it is just go. F- explore until you figure something out or whatever and it's like i don't know i feel like i'd get frustrated with that event that sounds interesting to me but i feel like i would be i would have fun with that for like a day or two and then i would probably without with it being kind of aimless i would probably trail off yeah because and i keep hearing, oh case. it's it's so beautiful and there's so much to explore and there's always something new and cool to find around the corner it's like i've heard that a million times before and those like promises get answered like 40 percent of the time mm-hmm. in my experience yeah so I, I just I need a little bit of structure. Like I don't I'm not I'm okay with like the whole exploration and let's do some new things and every time you come around a corner you're gonna see something you've never seen before. Like that's cool, yeah. but I need some form of structure even to an open world game where it's yeah. like okay, I've fucked around for forty five minutes like exploring and that was really cool. Now I want to get back onto the, the path here. Right, where do right. I go? Uh, when I played Breath of the Wild, I really that was like I would lose myself for days at a time just Oh, what's what's over there on that mountain and then you know going and, figure, and, and sure enough like you know they were they were actually there was like always something kind of cool to find so yeah. that was fun but then after a while that aimlessness does get boring and i was like at that point I, I, you're able to kind of just go back onto the onto what you're doing um unfortunately i've played i've tried to play that game like three or four times now and 
I'll go through the same type of flow and then, you know, put it down for a day or two and then come back to it and like kind of be lost as to what I was doing or what's going on and then feel like I don't really think I can get back into this. I might have to start over. And that's a daunting task. Yeah. And I, I worry, I worry that I'll never finish it <laughs> because I, if I were to go back to it now, I think I'd have to start over yet again. Well, it sounds like it's been some time, so that wouldn't be surprising. But maybe, maybe three months, four months, something like that. Yeah, that, that's a while. No, never mind. It's been longer than that. It was, it was before baby. Yeah, let's say P. He's yeah. He's been uh, he's been here for six months. Yeah, that's he's got uh, two that's, teeth. That's the math. Right? <laughs> that's more than one. <laughs> that is more than one. <laughs> um, he's got two tooths. I've. <laughs> I have uh, I have heard this game already very favorably compared to Breath of the Wild, mm. like some okay. sort of weird amalgamation of Breath of the Wild and like the Dark Souls games. It sounds like something I should just get to be a part of the conversation for now, which isn't a great a great way to approach that. No, that's how resentment ends up forming. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I kind of want to I want to play it with Brian and see like where he's at with it, even though he he might not actually get it. See, I'm not big on like actually streaming games in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I actually probably would be entertained occasionally if like you and me watched just Brian and like the three of us <laughs> were, were talking because it's like you know what I mean like it's like literally us on a call watching Brian play. Yeah. Like, but like yeah. I'm not gonna do that for thirty hours, but like an hour sure. on occasion that would probably be entertaining. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, as much as anything, it's us three being like communal like that's yeah. why like uh, the stream thing isn't for me like i don't want to watch some person i've never met before no. play a video game like, brian and i only streamed one thing and it was um we played through until dawn it was like that horror game thriller horror movie type game where you're picking it's like slash it's like a slasher film and you're choosing you're choosing the path and like the story outcome changes based on the stuff that you do in the game and pe- different mm-hmm. people die based on what you, we had a blast we had it was it was a lot of fun um but Maybe one day we'll do something like that again. Anyway, that's Elden Ring. I, I, seeing how well it's being received and how excited, like, it makes me happy that this was something that people were very much looking forward to. And ultimately it's coming out with high praise. Like, that's, that's exciting. Cause, like, you know, there's so many times where, like, the hype is so high that, you know, there's a misstep or something. Again, it's just like crazy. cyberpunk. It's just a disaster, like, at launch. And, um, to see that this, you know, been hearing about it for years and then it comes out and it's every bit as good as people were hoping. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about that. That's cool. Well, and and that, good on them. You know, like I, that's that's got to feel good for the creators, too. Right. Like all yeah. the people that worked on this game. Like, my goodness. Like, that's to the have only that reason, reception. That's the only reason I brought it up was the Martin connection. The fact that it's just you don't hear people talk about major releases of things like this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always some niche thing that, like, I'm never going to play. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 and now, listen, I may not play this, but, like, things, like, I would never even consider playing or, like, have only scarcely heard about. And, like, there's just this one weird, like, corner of the internet that's, like, this is the greatest thing ever invented. Yeah. This is, like, a revelatory experience. And it's like, oh, over there? Like, that little <laughs> thing over there? Alone? Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of it, you know? Like, to see something like this that had big hype and actually live up to it like you don't see that every day so yeah i just thought it was noteworthy and we should give it a, a quick sec yeah yeah it's like uh yeah the, the, I, when was the last time i mean i guess maybe 
Oh no, I felt this way for the for like Endgame and Infinity War, like where you have that hype for this movie that's coming out. Like, oh my god, this is going to be so good! I can't wait. I hope it's as good as I'm imagining it's being. And then, sure enough, the credits roll, and you don't get up from the seat. Yeah, like I love that. I love that. Same yeah, feeling during the Last Jedi. That's still one of the oddest phenomenons ever. I mean, like, it, <laughs> what's what's so frustrating to me about that phenomenon? We don't have to relitigate it for the four hundredth nah. time. Is just there was not a single person complaining in that movie theater. No, nah, everybody was pumped. Either time we went to see it, yeah, which we did mm-hmm. twice in a twelve-hour span. That's right. Cheers! Cheers! Loud, loud. Maybe, ones. maybe the most that uh, like the, the only. I think the only other thing that topped that was I am Iron Man. There's and so many people who loved that movie when they were sitting in the theater. There's so many people who loved that movie who have never been online. Yeah. And there are so few people who are online who have seen that movie who have made up more noise than the other 90% of the people who have never yeah, tweeted it's, or it's, Facebooked it's or anything It's infuriating. About it. That movie was so good. I, I don't, I don't, under, I still I don't understand. It. I like, think that I, might, is, I might, I might get like 20 minutes of that in as I fall asleep tonight. Now that nice. I'm talking about it. Cause I, nice. I, man. I just there was there was so much oh god you know what no never mind we're not going in no. not going into it I love it I love we it we don't have we don't have time I love okay. it <laughs> all right Bioware you got you got a lot of video game news but this one's a crossover event <laughs> <laughs> right cross crossover how <laughs> is the, in this movie related news not to the best of my knowledge oh. anyway. what do you know about my news that I don't uh, <laughs> did I miss I, I know that I'm absolutely thinking of something else. I was like, did I miss a new? Did I miss another I, bigger new? I am thinking. Um, oh, now I can't remember the name of it. Give me details. Bioshock was that what I was thinking about? The Netflix has got the movie going for that. Oh, I had no um, idea. I never played any of the Bioshock games. But I that's played, that's still something I would have like if I saw it. I would have probably brought it up, like because it's a big deal. Yeah, I played like I feel like that's another game that I've I've started multiple times and then kind of just drifted off and then never finished. I would have to go back to and didn't really know what was going on, so I started over and just, you know. For it's a say this is this this is the type of thing, this pattern will kill something for me. It'll kill a TV show, it'll kill a movie. Um I've told you about I've brought this up on the show. It's the reason why I haven't watched Westworld. I watched mm. the first two episodes like three times each, and I was like, okay. Like I just I I don't have it in me to keep going. Yeah, I mean it happens. But but uh, what's going on with what's going on with Bioware? Though? That's a different thing. So, you know, we've detailed several times on this show and in part on Game Bytes, the struggles of Bioware over the last few years, um, some of them real, some of them imagined. And so they're fully deeply into the development cycle for the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And the, they tease those a little over a year ago at like the was it the game awards i think it was or e3 one of those somewhere one of them was at the game awards one the other one might have been at e3 i don't remember okay but regardless um they actually sat out the game awards what was it two months ago didn't release any information on it of course that always sets off people wondering but then a report came out a few days ago that currently the dragon age game which is at least a full year ahead on the development cycle from Mass Effect, if not two years, I don't remember the timelines now, um, that it hit its benchmarks to this point and that it can be expected, hopefully, maybe in the next 18 months. Mm. In response to that, by the, the 
the new general manager, newish general manager of, uh, I forget his first name, but his last name's McKay. I want to say it's Gary McKay, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, it looks like they're going to try and do a little bit of a, a post from him, like once every month or two, which they kind of would go like six months without directly communicating with anyone in the greater world, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in like an official capacity, like a bunch of the people who are like work at Bioware have always been, had like good fan engagement off and on, but I uh, like on Twitter and stuff like that, but like, sure. The Bioware blog from the the general manager has been a thing under Casey Hudson, under Aaron Flynn, under um, now McKay. So it's good to see that stepping up, even if it's something little, even if it's something small, like, hey, we're doing stuff, whatever. So kind of not directly in response to that report, but obviously kind of tacitly approving that messaging said, listen, Dragon Age is in full-blown production at this point. And then kind of detailed for the layman, the way the left side of a game goes is kind of concept slash pre-production phase then the production phase alpha beta and then on to the full-blown like distribution phase and release right so we're firmly in the production phase we're kicked into high gear we're going this is this thing is happening it's real you know the game is being fully formed and it's gonna happen eventually it's coming out baby (laughs) so that's exciting news it's cool to see there's been some concept art that came out some time ago i guess it was probably about a year ago maybe which was cool. I, I I thought it looked cool as shit. So, and that was even like early concept stuff. They they kind of mocked up a little bit of like in engine stuff, I guess. Mm. But um, just very small snippets. I'm, I'd be excited to see some more of that stuff down the line. Yeah. Um, and that you know, so that was the the thrust of the the post in general. But they also detailed there was a little information about um, they had a big expansion of the Old Republic within the past month or so. The Star Wars um, MMO that they have still been running, which I know started disastrously, but has become like a full-blown thing it's been it's been around for like 10 years now yeah it's been it's it's definitely been a while um so that's kind of cool and then also obviously continue to detail that the mass effect game is also fully in the thick of being developed but that's obviously like earlier on the timeline so that's probably still what you call the pre-production phase or whatever sure that one's gonna probably still be like i really gotta go back to legendary collection yeah, I played a little bit of it today. Uh, progress is slow because I've really only been playing once or twice a week, but uh, yeah. it looks pretty gorgeous. It's incredible. This, the, just the idea of... Because that game came out in 2007, mm-hmm. the original one, and it, some of it looks so gorgeous, and some of it also looks so very much this game came out in 2007, yeah. which is a very odd yeah. <laughs> thing to see on the screen at the For same sure. time. Seeing it on a 4K box with the 4K TV, though, is pretty awesome some of the the like the like ironing out of the like choppy movements and everything is great but then also some of it doesn't quite graft on to how i recall the physics and obviously having played that game so many times yeah it's almost like muscle memory to me how movement and stuff should work mm-hmm. the gunplay is so much better yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I mean from what i played i i was enjo- i was having a grand old time like i everything felt kind of fluid which is nice um and also since it has been so long since i played it it kind of it, it felt like how i remember the game should be so like it it's kind of fun when that happens because like a lot of times you'll go back to a game from you know ages ago and you'll play it and you're like oh yeah well i, I said that had, that had kind of been how i felt playing the um first halo hmm. um on the master chief collection it was like man 
I didn't realize this warthog was undrivable. I forgot. It's, it's been so that's like so 15 funny, years since I played this. Because like that's that's one game that I guess I must have just put so 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 much time into that anytime I pick it up, it 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 just feels normal. To me. Well, that's what, what I was getting at with playing like, yeah. the first Mass Effect in like the original state, not in the legendary state. Yeah. Where they they obviously beefed up some of the uh, the stuff on that. <sighs> See, this is another one though, like. It's been so long since I picked it up. Like, I don't know. I don't remember what's going on. Listen, man, the next time you want to play, just give me a call. Tell me where you're at. And I'll recap everything that happened before then. Okay. Even though you can choose where you're going. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I'll still. You got me. All right. Cool. I also, I I could probably, I could probably get back into it. Because I feel like I I was pretty good at stopping, like, when I had concluded some like basically the chapter in a book right like we're like yeah. okay there's like i'm like back to the ship or i've landed somewhere else yeah or <laughs> so i i should maybe i'll be able to if, i would love if you you turn on the game oh i've just landed on a planet where am i yeah yeah <laughs> well why am i here <laughs> well, well, i guess i'll follow that little yellow blinking thing <laughs> oh man cool man what other news and nuggets we got I think that's all the news I have. Let me just close some tabs and get back to the notes. That is all the notes. Ah, so it's time for what we're consuming. Correct. What are you consuming? So first one, we'll very short, brief uh, note of, um, because I think this will probably be what we do next week for the show. Mm. I watched Nightmare Alley this weekend. Cool. Uh, I mentioned that to you, obviously. I don't think you've had a chance to watch it yet, right? I have not. Um, it's uh it's definitely a movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I no. I we were debating uh, I think it was like last Friday. It was last Friday and we were debating which of the Oscar which Oscar thing are we going to watch tonight. And I remember like that had come up as something that we were probably going to be doing soon and we were like, "Oh, let's go watch the trailer for this." Cuz I literally I have no idea what it's about. So we watched the trailer and I'm like, I still have no idea what this I've is got about. I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> good, good trailer. No idea what the movie's about from the trailer. <laughs> but, well, I'll just uh, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. Based on the trailer, I thought he was a detective. Sure, because it has a very noir feeling. Yeah. Let me just tell you, he's not a detective. No. Not even remotely. Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want me to give you like the? Uh, you know what? I think a general plot would probably yeah, be helpful. Pretty safe synopsis. Like yeah. I, with with as little spoilers as I possibly can. Um, Bradley Cooper is kind of a unknown guy who hooks on with a carnival mm-hmm. and comes up in that carny world and then finds great success and also other things that come along with trying to really strain your way to the top. Interesting. Okay. I won't say any more than that. Not a detective. Not a detective. Not That's even helpful. a little bit. That's helpful. Definitely thought that, that was part of it. Right? I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, this is a classic old noir, and he's going to be investigating something. Not even yeah. a little bit. Wow. Blown good away by, by that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> was I. Um, really good uh, really good cast, though. Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Willem Dafoe. Um, good old Willem. David Strathern, Tony Collette, Kate Blanchett, uh, Richard Stop Jenkins. <laughs> Richard Jenkins, Mary <laughs> Ste- Steenburgen. It's a... Uh, Cool. Tim Tim Blake Nelson, really good. Really so good it was movie. it was good. You enjoyed it. Yeah, good movie. Super dark though. Yeah. Um, 
But like, you know, it's enjoyable. But like, it's 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 Guillermo del Toro, so there's a, definitely a creep factor. Yeah. Um. Also, you know, Carnival. Um. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Definitely, I think definitely worthy of being nominated for a bunch of stuff. Gotcha. It's not a Best Picture nom though, right? Uh, I believe it is. Oh, is it? Isn't it? God, I don't know. I I keep trying to remember what's on the list. I now know that I've seen four of the eleven hot thousand that's on the list. See, because I've been trying to pick the things I know is going to give me the biggest cross section of nominations. Sure. So I think I've started more or less and oriented around the ten best picture noms. So. Uh, oh, it is. It is on there. Yeah. Okay. And I think Cape Blanchett and Bradley Cooper are they also nominated? Sure, probably. I think it's a safe bet that they're probably nominated without actually looking. I'm going to look real quick because IMDb typically uh, has them all grouped together by nominations. Hmm. If I can find. Nominated for four Oscars. Uh, motion Picture, Achievement in Production Design, uh, Achievement in Costume Design, Achievement in Cinematography. Sorry, oh. I was wrong. No no actor uh, nominations, hmm. but uh, still, Best Picture. Um, well, and I think it's a worthy nominee so far, obviously, having only watched a couple of the nominees so far. Cool. Well, going, um, staying on that train of thought, I watched Belfast. Okay. Uh, now, which, where did you watch that? Because I know I, I tried to watch it. I watched it on Plex. I didn't do anything, though. I just watched it. So it's possible that it updated itself. And it okay, so that's so weird. Because I tried to watch it, and it just would not turn on. Yeah. Like, just only that, because I clicked on other titles that you had in your library. Yeah. They all worked. Weird. It was just that one that didn't That's work. very strange. But I, watched, I haven't revisited it since then, so. I watched that, and um, it... I haven't I haven't really given this a ton of thought yet, but it's pr- it, I believe it's my front runner. OK, um, well, I don't know. I think it sounds like both of us are still probably a little too early in that. To yeah, like, like, I like would, well, I, for I me, Night- Nightmare are. for me, Nightmare Alley is the front runner. But like I've seen like three of them or something like that. So like that doesn't really mean anything to me. Yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, of the ones that are on the list, I've seen Dune, Don't Look Up, The Power of the Dog and Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um. And of those, Belfast is my pick. Okay, um, see, I've watched all of those, but swap uh, Belfast for Nightmare Alley, and I would go Nightmare Alley is my I'm, frontrunner I'm just, so far. After watching it, I'm just, I continue to be blown away by the things Kenneth Branagh can do. Like, the range <laughs> of skills that he has. <laughs> and the movie is just so well done, and um, I just really, I just, it, it, really, it was very emotional. Yeah, I've heard pretty singularly really great, great things way. about it. I I would really like to watch it, assuming yeah. that you know I can get to it. Because so, I just uh, I feel bad. I just don't feel like spending twenty dollars for it to watch it at my house. That's fair. Uh, so I watched that, and then I watched um uh I maybe watched like the first third of Being the Ricardos. Okay. Which that one's definitely going to be like if I get to it, it's going to be later. Yeah, it's on it's on Prime. That's true. Um, it is convenient. Which is why we actually, that's part of the reason why we were watching it. It's like, oh, well, that sounds kind of cool. Put it on immediately. Like, didn't really know what I was getting into. And I was like, okay, got to get resituated and change my expectations for what this movie is. What did and you think it was versus what it is? I just thought it was about the show and the, like, you know, what it was like to be on it and the car- and the people. Oh, yeah, no, it's it. about them. Yeah, no, and, and the people playing them, but like the, it's very, it's a very specific snapshot in time during the making of the show and something controversial that's going on. And it's interesting. Um, but at the first, within like the first 10 minutes, it's like, oh no, 
is everybody on the show kind of hate each other? Like, there's so much tension. And I'm like, this is really, this really, like, leaves a sour taste in my mouth for, like, watching I Love Lucy. Yeah. Um, Which I don't love. And, you know, sure, whatever. It's the real world. And that's what really happened. That's how people, it's like, I, I don't care. Like, the whole point of television and movies is to enjoy yourself. So, like, taking, pulling that away from me. I feel like maybe a little was robbed of a little something. Which the is- one thing I did hear about that movie that was kind of both feature and bug is that like, yeah, it's like a snapshot of like a week in their life, but mm-hmm. like in real life, I don't think all those things happened in one week. Yeah, it, I can imagine that it was it's over a, a much larger stretch of yeah. time, um, but it's it, it was it's interesting enough that I'll probably go back to it. Kim was losing interest rapidly, so I may I may just like watch it in. Yeah, dribs and drabs just to get through the whole thing. I was vaguely interested by it, but it's not a priority for me. Yeah. Um, what else you got? What are you watching? Um. Okay. So a update on something that we discussed last week. Hmm. I have continued to power through the first season of Review, hmm. and it is absolutely one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. Hmm. It's so good, dude. Great. You gotta watch. You gotta right. watch. Right. I mean, to. the last time you told me to do this was what we do in the shadows. So yeah, no, it's like similar vibes to like how I've experienced that. Like, and it's dude, it's so, like mostly episodes are literally like twenty minutes. That's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it. It's, I'll give it a check. It's so fucking funny, and it's the type of funny show where it's like the different like flavors of it depending on the episode or even the segment of the episode where. There's sometimes where it's just like, you know, I'm kind of just chuckling. It's just like, oh, there's just stuff. There's just hijinks going on. Mm-hmm. Or like, like sometimes I'm not even laughing, but I'm just like sitting there kind of with a smile on my face. Like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you, but it's not like, you know, laughing per se. And then there's other times where like, like I was watching the other night, like the dog was like sleeping on me and something like happened on the show. I like I scream laughed and like scared the shit out of the dog like, the, and like was like couldn't stop laughing for like five straight minutes like you're getting that rise and fall where like you could like settle down and like you there's something back. else kind of going on but you're kind of thinking about what just happened and like you, you, the laughter starts coming again and it's yeah. just like it's so absurd man it is so absurd I get kind of the vibe from this show of like an arrested development where it's like I don't know how anyone couldn't enjoy it. Sure. But for maybe it just didn't connect with, with audience for some reason. Like I, it's just so clever and funny. Like it, it's like, and it's the best possible. Another reason why I, I draw a parallel to the rest of them. Where it's like, it's so dumb that you have to be smart to have written it, mm. which I got that. From Arrested Development so many yeah, times. Yeah, Arrested right? Development always had that thing about, it. it's like, oh, it's a shame this show is too clever. And, like, that's, I think, kind of what some of this, like, one of them, the the, the whole way, I never even really, had, I remember seeing commercials for it on, on Comedy Central years ago, and I, like, but, like, they showed you five-second, like, clip of, like, the show. Like, I mm-hmm. couldn't get anything from the show. Like, I was just aware of its existence. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was about. And I remember telling you, like, my initial, like, in like uh, intersection with this was, like, Seppenwall was talking about, like, his, like, top 100 episodes of television for, like, 2010 to 2020 or 2019, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, the episode, I think it's the third episode of the show. I mentioned it last week was, it was the one that was coming up where he has to eat pancakes Mm -hmm. and it's 15 pancakes. So uh, (laughs) the, (laughs) the first thing is, you know, the person's writes in, I have this box of pancakes and 
it says that one box makes 15 pancakes, but it doesn't tell me how to make any less. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to know what to do? Do they expect me to eat 15 pancakes? I live alone. What's it like to eat 15 pancakes? And <laughs> this is one of the ones where it's like not a big loud, because there's a lot of big loud like segments of this, like the one I was talking about, like him stealing or like doing yeah. cocaine, right? Like he is just talking about going to do it. And he's like, I really, I really just don't want to do this. But it's like, of all the things he, they've asked him to do so far, like develop an addiction or right. do a theft, like <laughs> those things seem way more like, yeah, to me, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's too many pancakes. But like, I'd much rather do that than go steal things or start snorting cocaine. So like, just go do like he complains about it so much. He goes and does it. It's hilarious because there's so many just like he's eating and he looks disheveled and then they like change the camera angle and he just looks like he's dead inside. <laughs> it's just like stupid shit. And then he, he comes back from that. He's like, you know, okay, whatever that, that sucked, but we know what. And then the next person asks him like, what's it like to get a divorce? And so he gets a divorce. Oh my gosh. And that is both incredibly dark and depressing and also hilarious. And then he comes back from that and he, he's like, all right, give me the next thing. And, you know, the girl's like, uh, you know, are you okay? He goes, yep. I I can't possibly be hurt at this point any more than I already am uh-huh. after going through this divorce. And <laughs> the next person asks him, what's it like to eat 30 pancakes? Oh my God. so stupid yeah. in the micro but in like the macro <laughs> like it's so fucking brilliant so uh, as far as the show goes like he is playing a character that is doing these reviews or is it like or is he doing the reviews like I don't think it's show? actually Andy Daly no he's playing, he's playing a but, character. Yeah, but does the character like have like a name and a persona like a persona I imagine but like is it is it supposed it's like the character named his name no, it's a. It, his name is Forrest. Oh, okay, uh, that's that's kind of what I was gonna. He's just like he is this character that has yes. this idea to do this thing, or that is. Yes, okay. he is employed by an unnamed television network to <laughs> have this television show. Like, uh, there's okay. interstitials after he gets it, where he's like, "Well, for, you know, it shows him on a set, and everyone when they get, they read, they either read or play a video message of someone asking him to do a review, right? And after he gives a little bit of talk into the camera about like what his thoughts, initial thoughts on the thing are. It always shows him walk off of the, the sound stage and walk out into the lot. He always walks past the same guy through the same door <laughs> into the lot. And then it's always him like in the office, like him and his assistant or mm-hmm. secretary, like game planning, how they're going to approach this, oh this God. and that he's sitting in the, in the, in the, the studio offices and, you know, and then it's, you know, does he, Give these experiences an actual rating at the end, like a, yes, at the end of every single one. Amazing. He's not allowed to give it zero. They go from half a star to five stars. Okay. Um, it's and there've been a handful of good guest stars and stuff too. So cool. it's, it's I'll check it out. That sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. So fucking funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. I, as you know, as I brought up last week, I continue to hate watch The Walking Dead, <laughs> and much to my chagrin. Oh, uh. To further expound upon my point from last week, oh boy, how it should have been the final episode. If you're going to do a three-part series finale, this or final season, that that was actual a closure point for the previous story and would have been the logic. There's a 
fucking time jump. Oh my god! So not only <laughs> like, did they, oh, you know what? No, I'm not. They, <laughs> I, as per usual with this show, I was right, and that should have been the end of the previous part of the season. Anyway, the, uh, and I say, "Bust Twice Again." This episode was pretty good. And I was like, "Damn!" Like I kind of interested in what's in what the show is a heroin addiction. As soon as you try and kick the habit, yeah. You get another taste, and it's like, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. then like you're like, I hate this so much, I want it to go away, and like, the it's it's the Godfather. Every time I think I'm out, they keep bringing me back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Clearly, I've got another six years of the season left. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, in better news, though, I'm also watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which has returned and continues to be just. An absolute treat <laughs> week after week. <laughs> that's good. I, that's a show I definitely would like to get to, and it just keeps getting pushed down the like queue of things to get I, to. I just love... I a, do want to see that show. I've heard good things. It sounds it's, good. It's so funny. Um, the characters feel so genuine. They're all... The, like It's great. It's got everything. This this club has everything. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm right, Stefan. <laughs> but but uh, there's one like one thing in particular is like there's also the occasional proxy for the audience where like the character one of the characters that has had the the best arc I feel like in the series um, is not a main. I mean, he's like he's main adjacent. It is it's Maisel's husband, uh, previous husband, based on like the what's going on. But like it's. He's so like his character has was so garbage in the beginning and like as a person, like like not the character like wasn't written poorly. Like the, the character was a bad person. Like he was just garbage. Yeah. But like he's evolved so much over like his arc has been tremendous. And like he is at this point where he's like he's really trying to do good. You know, like he's doing he's doing starting to do well for himself. He's really like he's putting the work in like and all this stuff. And he's like very stand up at this point. And he has this he has this relationship with with his ex wife's manager, where like he's very protective of her, even though they're not together. Like in a yeah. in a sweet way, not like a stalkerish way. way. Yeah. And she's protective of her as well, because, from him because she's mad at him for like how their relationship fell apart. So like, there's this like really funny like butting of heads between them, and. One of them is always having. One of them always has the upper hand because one of the one of them is always doing something clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. So like the like somebody gets to stand up, you know, like I'm I'm the right one now. But there's like these great moments where like there's this ridiculous thing that the manager gets herself into and is kind of in trouble, and she's she's just telling him at this point because she needs his help, and she's like she's laying the whole thing out, and as she's going, he goes, everything you say is worse than the last thing. <laughs> And it's just like that is like that. That's what I mean. Like proxy for your heads. You're thinking like, how could this get any more ridiculous? And then he just voices it for you. There's yeah. just so many. There's so much cool stuff in there. It's just a great. It, it, it feels good to watch. It's a fun show, even though there's like um, difficult things that the characters are going through. Like I don't know. It's just a. It it's got a great vibe, and I really really enjoy it. And I think you would too. And uh, yeah. Tony Shalhoub always is another secondary character who's just. Oh, I didn't a, even know he's he just was on a that. treat. He's Maisel's father. And, like, Rachel Brosnahan is so funny and, like, becomes the character in, like, a way that, like, I can't imagine her not being that person in real mm. life. Like, that's, like, she's embodied, the, like, the it's character. Dangerous. So it's well. always dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's great. I, I think you would appreciate it. 
There's two shows. I'm uh, there's definitely more than two shows, but there's two shows like kind of off the top of my head that like every like six months I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that show soon, mm. and it just never happens. And so now like we're down to like was it the fourth season just came out of that show? Right? I think it's the fourth season. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. The other one off the top of my head I can think of, um, and it also really spiked for me recently is Killing Eve. I've wanted to watch mm. that show for a few years now, and I saw like two seconds of like an ad for it. Cause like the final season's coming up and I was like, Oh, if I start now, I can watch the whole show before the final season goes. I haven't started it yet. So that's looking tenuous at best, but like we watched the last duel and I was like, who is this? <laughs> right. I was like, oh, Jodie Comer. I was like, what do I know her from? I was like, Oh, that show that I keep wanting me. to watch. <laughs> I need to start watching it. And I still haven't started watching it. Yeah. Like those are the two shows in the last couple of years. And I'm always like, Oh, like not when they first came out, but like mm-hmm. after they started getting a lot of hype after the first season or whatever, I'm like both shows that I really want to watch and I just haven't gotten around to. Mm. Did Did you watch Fleabag? No, I, I'd like to see that I one. Think as you, well, I, I would like you to put that on that list too because that's another one that I think that you would. That really one is kind of sort of on the list, but has never gotten to the point of ooh, maybe I'll start that in the next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Well, I would I would argue that um, that one's easier to knock out. It's only because it's only two seasons, two seasons and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Get 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 on. You'll you'll enjoy it. It's good. It's a great. It's also I, a great storytelling mechanic. I mean, not not crazy unique, but just really well executed. Well, because what's it called? Did it before that, right? Uh, House of Cards did that before. Yeah, but it's it's oh, it's funny. They they play on it a lot. Um, like where it's only her. It's only her voice. That you'll hear, like when she's, and she, you know, she'll look to the camera and say something, or look to the camera and give you a little the eyebrows or whatnot. And then just every once in a while, there's another character that maybe heard her, and you're like, and she's like, wait, and she, like, and she's thrown off by it, which is really so that's funny. Interesting. Okay, um, but it's just it, that's that's they're actually playing on like on what seems to be like the growing relationship between those characters. So it's, it's kind of funny, but I just think that I the show so clever and so funny. And just another one that is just, it's so well executed. It's concise. It's two seasons. Um, I also watched it around the same time that I watched uh, love sick. So I was like really in like the British mode. It's funny because I was just thinking about that show like two seconds ago as well, because I was like thinking about there's like a lot like separate from those, all those shows I'd like to get to that I haven't gotten to. There's so many shows I'd like to revisit that I haven't gotten to either. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can never quite get my head above water on the things I want to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard for me to justify starting a rewatch of anything until I can get like a better sure. chunk of my backlog uh-huh. of stuff I haven't seen yet. Don't out look of the, the snake way. in the eyes. What's that? Don't look the snake in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird that I also thought of. Love sick at the same time as you, but yeah. I, man, I love that show. That so was so much. good, so good. That that one really came out of left field for me. Really, yeah. Thank yeah. you for that one. Appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. What else are you watching? Um, that's all for watching. Hmm. Uh, so I have a question for you. Okay. Have you jumped on the Wordle train yet? I have not. Okay, so you're familiar with the phenomenon, though. I know of it. I know it's a game. Okay, I've I kind of. <laughs> I have kind of found it fascinating, you know, all of a sudden it just was like one day, like my Twitter feed was filled with all of these cubes on my screen. And I was like, what is this? 
Uh-huh. Um, and everyone was talking about this thing, and surely a Google search would have wrapped that up for me in about five seconds. And I was just like, I whatever. I, I'm sure this will be sussed out for me at some point here. And sure enough, it was. Um, it's interesting. It's a it's a game. It's a new word every day. I, I think ostensibly everyone's supposed to have the same word. I'm, I'm assuming that's that holds true um, every day. It's uh, you get six guesses to guess a word that's five letters long. I I haven't seen it written explicitly anywhere, but I don't think that any of the letters repeat typically. Um, so I finally jumped in this week. It is fun. I'm not obsessed with it in the way that everyone else is like consumed and obsessed with it. I promise that anyone listening, I will not be putting on Facebook or Twitter my results every day. I think I've done the first three and I've got all of them so far. Okay. Um, so it's, it's been going on for almost a year, I guess, cause it's one a day. And I think it's up like the other day today was like two forty nine or two fifty or something like that. So, uh, it's fun. It's, um, it's the type of thing where, you know, depending on how your brain works with these sorts of things, you know, it could take you five minutes or an hour or whatever to solve. I think it's kind of a, to me, I like it as kind of a, either a, time out from everything around me or as like a, like if I'm, I have, if I have a few minutes in the morning yeah, as a, let's get the brain woken up by like doing this for five yeah. minutes or, Hey, I've had a busy day. It's only gonna take me five minutes or so. Let me just pause, shut everything out and just do this thing. Now. I just think it's kind of like a cool little thing. I always have found like word play stuff like that. Interesting and fun. So uh, I like it as a, as a fun little habit. I like that. It's once a day because you can't get it. Like you can't lose five hours to it. Sure. You know yeah, I mean? that's that's kind of cool. You can engage with it in your own thing. It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, little phenomenon. Just watching everyone go through it and watching the whole reaction to it getting sold out to the New York Times was interesting. I, there's already people literally been doing like studies on confirmation bias in regards to people not wanting it to get bought out, then it getting bought out, and people bitching and moaning about it since it's been bought out. Whereas mm. they've done an investigation of like the the t- entire population of words and that the fact that since the New York times took it over, it's actually been slightly easier quote unquote, than it was beforehand, but people are acting like it's harder that I've, I found that whole phenomenon fascinating. Yeah. That, so, so, okay. And it, and I, I, I just loaded it up cause I've never done this before, but you, you're starting at a blank slate and you're correct. filling it in. And then are we, are we going to do it? Are you going to do a wordle? I know the word for today. So are we going to do uh, a wordle right now on the show? I guess. I'm sure. It's this not? fun and games part one. Go for it. I, uh, I, I don't really know how to start. So I got it. In th- I got it in three guesses today. I should have gotten two. I was down to a 50, 50 guess after my first guess. And I, I got the fir- the wrong on the second one. I got on the third one. So, so here's what's going to, you're going to write down a five letter word and it's going to tell you, Green squares mean you have the right letter in the right spot. Yellow squares mean you got the right letter in the wrong spot. Gray squares means that letter's not in the word at all. Okay. So I'll start with my Tom Segura favorite. Bikes! <laughs> An interesting choice. Okay. okay, you said yellow is it's it's in the wrong spot. Correct letter, wrong spot. Okay. So uh, bikes should have given you one yeah. letter in the wrong spot. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then gray, they're not in there. Yes, and on your keyboard, you know, it'll show you that the letters grayed out, the yellows yellowed out or greened out. Um, <clears throat> Although, actually, I did it on my phone. I don't know how it looks on the... Well, I guess it's iPads. So it's probably a similar presentation, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, and I, I could see where this gets crazy, because now there's like the... But I only have five tries left. <laughs> yes, so it's funny. The first day that I did it, 
I'm going to kind of talk through what you think of words, right? The mm-hmm. first day I put in a word and I got like, I think I got two of the letters. I was like, all right, cool. And like, they were, they were decent, interesting, helpful letters. It was like O and E or something like that. Sure. Like, all right, cool. And then, or no, sorry. It was, it was R and E. I was like, okay, those are classic wheel of fortune letters. Fantastic. I said, got another guess. I had T R and E, but all of them were in the wrong spot. You're right. And even so, on the second turn, the first two that I got in the first one were still in the wrong spot. And the way that I had the letters, I, I literally didn't, I couldn't even come up with another guess because I could not come up with a word that didn't have it in those, in like the spots I thought they should be in. Yeah. It took me so long to get past the frustration of like, you know, whatever, like not so long. It was like, six minutes on just like that thought process of getting it to get to where I could even come up with another guess, which was not the correct answer, but at least put me in the right perspective where like the next answer of that, I got it right. Right. Um, day two and day three both took me like five minutes or less. Man, this is, so what was your second guess? You, you came up with bikes, the first one. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. I, I wrote peaky and not considering that K was already in the first word. That was dumb. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't want to like. Did it, actually, did it let you submit that? That's interesting. Yeah, because I haven't tried. I haven't tried to submit a word that already had a grayed out letter yet. Oh uh, well, it, it it does. Which also was part of why I came to like a screeching halt because like I couldn't think of a word with the with the wrong answers I had. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm not gonna go any further into this on the show because I feel like it's gonna take me a long time because I like I I really don't want to get it wrong. Like I want just, to get it. Just leave it in the background. We'll we'll do this for a post credits. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, All right, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back. To it. Our bobus wordle fat. Bo- we'll <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Speaking of things we're playing, I uh I I, I played a little bit um, more of Horizon Zero Dawn, which I've it's a game that I've gone back to multiple times and like not. Did actually... they just release the new one? <laughs> they did. Um. So I figured, why not? Why not now? So you never finished that game? No. No. That game looked fascinating to me. It's I was cool. really I mean, upset when I found out it was PlayStation some, exclusive. Some of the the gameplay is kind of cool. Going after these robot dinosaurs is kind of cool. The characters, man, they blow. Really? Yeah. I just I don't I don't think that the writing of the characters is even remotely so I, interesting. Now that you say that, I can't recall a single bit of commentary on the characters at all from when that game was mm. like at its peak. I remember hearing so much about the exploration being cool and the, the, the fighting being cool and, and like your customization of the character and all that sort of stuff. I, I can't think of a single comment I ever heard on the characters. Yeah. It's just the character is so disengaged and so like eye rolly and it's just like, I don't know. It's, I, I feel like I should be compelled to go forward by the character like they should their motivation should be my motivation Mm -hmm. and they just seem more or less annoyed (laughs) and i I, I don't know none of it's that i guess the most interesting thing is like okay i get that the world was what we know it is what we know now and felt in some degree Mm -hmm. why how that's that's the mystery that I assume you find the answer to by the end. And it's supposedly a pretty good answer. Um, yeah. So that's what that, that's what's keeping me going. Is I'm curious about like the lore bit. And the lore 
stuff is kind of cool. And then obviously like visually and the gameplay, there is a lot of fun to be had in the actual gameplay, especially when you like slide down a hill, jump, slow motion time, pull out your bow and arrow, crack something in the eyeball. Like it's. Yeah. All that looked cool as shit. And I never got to experience it. So yeah, I definitely with games like that, um, any honestly, like any games with the skill tree and crafting and, armor and weapons and upgrades for those things like i get so overwhelmed that i'm gonna miss out on something i get I that paralysis know what to do. i get that paralysis by analysis on times also i'm i'm i've by and large been out on like the whole crafting thing because every game i've ever played it in whatever i craft ends up not being as good as things i find like in a ditch somewhere oh like, I, I i yeah the, i agree with that this is not so much like you have to like you have to like craft your arrows for example, okay. like you build them on the fly. Well, that's the thing is like it's stuff. it's one of those things where like if you only found materials and schematics and you never found a finished product, sure, I would probably be more into it because like that's a good point. I will only get something cool if I make it. If right. I wow, I got a schematic and I collected all these things and I make this thing and it's like ten percent better than the thing I had. It's like okay, that's cool. And then five minutes later, I'm gonna find like a badass thing that's fully formed. It's like well, I'm. Yeah. Now I feel like I wasted all that time. And if you're going to have a mechanic with all that stuff in it, like the crafting and whatever, like you, I mean, your menu system better have a real good comparison mode. Yes. I have to constantly go back to other things that I have to see if this thing is better. It's not that hard. There's, there's like games have been doing for like decades, like the comparison button. Yeah. Hell, I I was playing the Legendary Edition Mass Effect. One, yeah, yeah. that had a comparison button in the fucking store. It's in that the, you could just compare the thing you're gonna sell to the thing you're it's equipping. Great. That that is one of the best examples. You of press one button, there it is. Most things too, like even in your own inventory, it's like you could just scroll over it, and it's like, it's this more green than the re- like than red? Equip it. By the Give way, that. Ma- there are so many wonky and inefficient menus in Mass Effect One that the fact that they nailed that, yeah. which again. All you have to do is provide me one button. I don't care which button it is. Whatever button makes you happy. Like A and B are typically forward and back. Any of the other buttons that exist to compare what I'm currently looking at to what I have. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, so have you been having fun playing Horizons? I'm having overall? fun. I, I I don't think I'm having enough fun. Okay. Um, but I, like I said, I'm kind of compelled to see where it goes just because I, I, because I heard it was so good. But I'm a little worried that I'm gonna put this time in to get there and not be wowed. Yeah. Um, where I might just let Brian tell me what happens. I had that experience on my road trip this weekend, where I was talking <laughs> with my friend. You know, we had four and a half hours each way to uh, to fill. So on one of the drives, the drive back, you know. We were talking about he's also been a pretty big fan of the Mass Effect series, not quite as big a fan as me and my brother were. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he really loved the trilogy and he started playing Andromeda and kind of fell off it and never finished it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of gave him the layout of this is what Andromeda was about. Like, he's like, give me as much detail as you can, because I'm, I'm probably never going to pick it back up to finish yeah. it. He's going to be deploying for like a, almost a year, like later this year. He's like, I just... I don't know if I'll ever have time to sit down and play the whole game because he goes, I know it's a really long game. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to want to try and like experience all of it. So, sure. like, okay, let's have like a 45 con- minute conversation about Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're going to have more detail than like in your average synopsis. It's going to be kind of, you know, going to go back to that thing from earlier about the other guys where it's like, okay, we're going to come to this point of the yeah, story. Yeah. We're going to come back around, view the other characters' points of view. Like, 
and he seemed satisfied and enjoyed. He goes, he goes, man, I don't understand why everyone hated that game. That sounded <laughs> that, that that game sounded cool as shit. I was, I was like, well, he goes, he goes, also you're like a pretty natural storyteller. I was like, ah, people you. have said that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think I just kind of had my fill. Like I'm not. I might play it one or two more times and see if I get like a little bit more hooked, but I probably, I, I, probably I know nothing fun. about how that story is delivered. So it could be one of those things where like you finally hit a big thing mm-hmm. that really grabs you. And it's like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Sometimes that happens, right? Sure. Where you have a game that's like, eh, and then there's, or like a book or a show where it's like, yeah, this is fine. And then the one thing happens and you're like, I'm in. Well, you know what? Also, I don't fully get. It's like because there's so many like little things. Like there's different types of. You know, there's a bow. There's a slingshot. There's like this trip caster thing where you like we shoot two lines down and something walks over and something happens to it. Like there's explosive like things that you could drop and as traps. Oh, there's all these different things, and I'm not quite sure what the best way to use them is because I can pretty much get by with my bow, regular arrows, and the tip of a spear. And I, so far, I haven't had to specifically use one of the other things. Like, unless, like, the mission was, like, get three trip trips here. with this. Th-. It's like, no. Like, so I found, like, okay, this is a pretty cool moment. I'm breaking into this camp. I have to blow a hole in the wall to let everybody on the outside in so that we could take it over. And then there's this, like, gigantic dinosaur thing that breathes fire. And I was like, okay, so once I... You know, I sneak in, I make my way to the barrels, I shoot the barrels, they explode, the gate opens, the next stage starts where like everybody rushes in. Now we gotta take everybody out that's inside these walls, including this gigantic dinosaur thing. I was like, okay. So I'm like running around um and just hitting people with my stick because I found that if I run fast and dodge enough, that I'm pretty much invincible. And <laughs> so I've been doing that and I'll, you know, stab, 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 light attack, light attack, light attack. You're you're kind of weak. Big attack, knock you down. And then here comes the giant dinosaur thing. I'm like, I have literally no idea what to do with this thing. So with regular arrows, I just keep jumping because I have a perk that when I'm jumping with the bow drawn, it slows time down. So mm. by continually doing that, the thing can't really move. And <laughs> I just keep shooting it with arrows and eventually it dies. Like I, in the midst of all this, I had to recraft 40 more arrows because I... They don't do much damage, <laughs> yeah, I <would laughs> but I so. took it down and I was like, that was kind of underwhelming. And I was like, I can get by this. It feels to me that I can get by this whole game without like learning. Like there's all of these things, but do I really need to learn how to use them if I could just do this and get by? See, I hate that. But when you're going to give me all these different like things, your whatever your natural play style is always going to going to gravitate towards a certain way. Yeah. Right. But. If you come up with a really great and comprehensive suite of like weapons and powers and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. even if you are truly egalitarian in the way you deploy them at all times, to know that in your back pocket, okay, I know that this situation allows me to do this thing and I can trust. There's so many times where like you'll play a game. I remember playing the first Dragon Age actually, and I played like as a rogue character in my first one. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Let's let's do that. I want to be an archer. I've always liked like archer type characters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you have like these traps and you have this bow and arrow. And it's like, cool. And it's like, okay, let me put a trap down. And it takes like 45 minutes to put the trap down. And in which case, like someone has already killed me before the trap has been sure. initiated. And I was like, well, that was pointless. Never, I guess never maybe those. 
yeah, I was like, well, maybe we'll try it again sometime where like there isn't someone trying to shove a sword up my ass right. while I'm trying to deploy this. Surely at some point I will have time to deploy one of these traps in a way that will be satisfying because I have time to do it before someone's stabbing me. Mm-hmm. My bow should be great. And I'm shooting a person and I'm shooting a person. And now they're trying to slice me with their sword and I'm going to run away. I can't run away. I'm trying to shoot them with the bow. They've stabbed me. My character has automatically pulled his knives out without my asking him to. Right. I guess I'll just play with the knives from now on. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything. Like, and that's, uh, it's funny. Cause like, I always, I'm always, my interest is always peaked. I'm like, Ooh, okay. A magic character. Hmm, I've never really done that. Maybe I'll do that. Ooh, uh, like a healer. Like I like, Oh, I'll, I'll, and then ultimately I, and I'm like, just, okay. Whichever one has the assault rifle or the sword. Like those are the two things that I'm probably going to end up doing anyway. Yeah. So, and that's what I go, which is also the reason why I started mass effect legendary edition on like whatever that like boring one is soldier yeah that's a pretty useless character honestly i've always felt but like that's like kind of like the point where i'm coming at and actually the worst part for for you is that in the legendary edition they finally unlocked all of the weapons for any character because in like the original one if you played like i'm playing as a vanguard in mine hmm. you vanguard gets training in pistols and shotguns and it's like okay great now in the original version you were totally untrained in the sniper rifle and assault rifle. And what mm-hmm. that meant is it's like you had never seen a sniper rifle before in your <laughs> life. And you like rubbed your hand along the assault rifle once in your life. Okay. But you were like a God with the shotgun and a pistol. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't seem super realistic because if that were the case, why would they have strapped the other ones onto your back? Right. So for <laughs> this one, what they did is, okay, you can use any of the weapons. Mm-hmm. They are going to just be, stock version of those weapons when you use them the ones that you're trained in you get the special powers for Mm -hmm. and like the upgrades for and it's like okay that makes infinitely more sense because if i'm super trained in my shotgun you put me on a battlefield where there's a bunch of guys 100 yards away i'm gonna whip out my fucking sniper rifle and shoot them in the head and i don't care if it doesn't one shot them the point is they can shoot me and I can't shoot them. And if I try and run to get closer to them to shoot yeah. them, they're going to kill me. Yeah. So let me try and even the playing field here slightly. It's a much better way to manage things. The only benefit to the soldier class in the original game was that you could use all the guns. Yeah. Because you got zero powers. Yeah. So now you're basically on the same level. Now you get the individual like perks of each of those guns. Yeah. But they- they're not enough to warrant like, uh I, I, I mean i don't know like i've got them all pretty specked out in a good way where like i like i knew which i know which one to equip for which type of person i'm going after sure my, my point well. is i'm just saying like the marginal increase of those like upgrades of the guns mm-hmm. isn't offset by the lack of powers you have gotcha and what are the powers like what kind of things can you do with them well, it depends on what type of character you're playing as. So, like, if you're playing as an engineer, it's predominantly, like, debuff type of, like, things. So, like, there's one that if you lob it, the anyone who's in the range of the mine that you detonate, their guns stop working for a period of time. Hmm. And also, they take, a da- they take a bit of damage on the detonation of the mine. They may even take a, a bit of damage after they try and fire the gun and it doesn't work. You, you could throw something that strips their shields off. You know, you can... There's a uh, one that paralyzes like organic characters. There's one that hacks synthetic characters. Mm. So they fight on your side. There's, um, you know, it's, there's another one that totally renders them useless to use their powers against you. And also that one has the highest damage output of the mind detonating. If you play as a biotic character, it's basically like having the force. You can 
throw them across the room or lift them into the air or spin them in a circle so that they throw up. Or that sounds fun. Strip down their defenses with by like affecting them at the molecular level. And or, what is that like a different like a different weapon wheel type thing? I don't even know how that. Yeah, so there's the weapon wheel and there's the power wheel. Okay. Power wheel is not super. Well, actually, I mean, you are actually losing out on that because you can deploy the your car- your squad mates' powers through the power wheel as well. So right. have you not been doing that? Because that's that would no. I pretty much focus on my character doing things. So that's a big mistake because when you use the power wheel in Mass Effect, time stops. So you have time to deploy the power strategically huh. in addition to tactically. I haven't really found anything to be challenging enough where I needed to stop. Okay, but depending on how you have it set, because I always said like where my squadmates don't use their powers at all, and I um, will tell them what to do and when to do it. Interesting. And I think that may be the default, so your teammates are just using the guns and not using all of their powers, and the reason you bring them along with them is because like, you, you bring like a group to complement the powers you have. So since you have zero powers, hmm. you want to bring people who have tech and biotic powers to use them in place of you. Sure. That makes sense. I don't think I've really gotten deep into this game. I feel like I maybe did the first time around, but... Well, you definitely did, because I know you finished the first one, yeah. and at least you told me you finished the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I remember liking the first one. I don't remember... Okay. I really don't remember these mechanics, though. <laughs> They're fundamental. I feel like they explained huh. it to you not great, but adequately in the prologue mission. Yeah, yeah, Like, I remember, let's hit this button, do this thing, and I was like, can we can we get on with it? I know, I always like the sounds of explosions or, like, to watch someone fly across the map. I always yeah, feel like sounds, that's fairly satisfying. That sounds fun. I might have then to you see, like, how the, the game. That's, <laughs> you see how those things are useful, like, when you are no longer fighting, like, four people at a time and yeah. you're fighting, like, 40 people at a time. I, I think that might be that might be part of my issue with certain games is that, like, I there's a, there's a line between, like, there being too much that I'm able to do and not enough and... I don't know, when there's too many things, I'll get overwhelmed and like not end up just not enjoying it as much. I feel like um, Jedi Fallen Order was like the perfect amount of stuff. Well, because the way they did it was, here's a power that's the only power you can use. And so you could become really good at that. And then by the time it became second nature, it was like, here's another power yeah, you yeah, can use. I like that. It's like, that's, oh, okay. That's my speed. I, like I can do so many things now. And More it's like, of that, please. All of the all, basically all of these games should do it. If you just throw four hundred things into my lap, I'm gonna figure out how to do two of them and then never again. Which is kind of the point, like you're making yeah. with Horizon, like kind of from the other side of the coin. But it's like I've become really good at doing this one thing. You yeah. give me so many different things. I don't trust any of them. I trust this one thing. I'm gonna do that <laughs> thing all the time. Slow stabby, like, yeah, and fast it's, stabby. It's not as fun or as enriching or as involving. It's not really the way the game was intended to be played. But if they right. didn't give it to you in a proper way, then their intentions don't matter. Yeah. Man, maybe I should restart. Thing is, I don't want to restart Mass Effect. I feel like I'm going to end up in that place where if I restart it, I'm going to like... We're going to have a conversation. When you want to play, you're going to tell me where you are. I'm going to tell you if it's worth... Well, now I feel like I should be playing as one of these other things that does cool stuff. So here's the thing. When you go to the second one, where the powers are like way more fun to use, honestly, Uh the first one is more about utility. The second one and the third one, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Okay. When you start the second one, you can take that character and everything that happened... They're going to give you a chance to choose a new class at the beginning. Okay. Whew. All right. Maybe that's what we'll do then. Okay. All right. Cool. Sounds good. What else? What else are you consuming? Uh, so the final thing I have is I actually didn't get. A, there was another note I was going to put down here. So this is a, this will be a short one. Um, the weekly full cast update. Mm-hmm. So you're unfortunately, I'm sure, familiar with the whole meta thing. Specifically, yeah. well, both macro and micro. Specifically, though, the metaverse, Facebook. Yep. Now known as the company Meta, which is insanely stupid to me, but whatever. Um, 
So apparently there was some sort of business filing and I have none of the details in front of me. This is just my recollection from listening to the show earlier today. There's some sort of business filings that Chuck E. Cheese is going to get involved with Meta. They were calling it the Chuckyverse um, <laughs> because they're going to, I guess, partner with Meta to be one of the offerings within the Metaverse. So you can go to a Meta version of Chuck E. Cheese and interact. And, you know, they were having a lot of fun with it. It was like, this is going to suck because the stripped down version of this is going to take out all the best things about Chuck E. Cheese. And it's not a proper trip to Chuck E. Cheese if you don't see someone throwing up in the ball pit. And sure. uh, <laughs> they were talking about, you know, okay, there's going to have whatever, you know, the fake money, which is maybe real money, maybe it's not real money that you could be spending in the fake Chuck E. Cheese in the metaverse. All of these different things, these virtual things that you can be spending virtual money on. Oh and no, it's just 400 people in the ball pit throwing up <laughs> in the best version <laughs> of the metaverse. You're throwing up in the Chuck E. Cheese. It's going to be everyone going to throw up. And they're like, you know, debating what uh, you would call. Is it Zuckbucks? What are we sending Zuck in bucks. the metaverse? <laughs> and so, you know, oh, no, you, you know, it's all going to be NFT based. And they're like, okay, NFT, no fucking throwing up, you know. <laughs> in the pulpit which of course all of this is all to say that eventually came to the fact that this is okay because that means that there now will be a metaverse version of antioch the birthday spider sure and um one person saying that sounds horrifying that's the worst thing ever why would we allow antioch this much control of our lives it, it can watch you at all times now it can monitor you via your phone via your internet via your metaverse it's it knows what you're doing where you are at all times and <laughs> Literally, the other person, you know, I actually feel more comfortable now <laughs> that Antioch is watching over me at all times. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really, that's, that's great. I love it. I, I hope that this birthday spider thing just continues to. Oh, just, they're never going to let it go. Yeah. I, uh, the I worst part a, is that, what's up? I have a fond memory of going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid and, um, I thought you were going to say you have a fond memory of Antioch the Birthday Spider. But... It was always for like some birthday party or whatever. And there was never the the one that we went to, like there weren't coins or anything. You just went to the games and hit start. Really? Yeah, it was weird. I feel like I definitely remember there being a coin aspect when I went. No, there, I mean, there totally is. Like I've I've seen like, you know, Videos, even commercials, things like that. But, like, no. Like, it was... I don't know what it was about this one. It was literally, like, where the coin thing is to put the coin in, there was just a green button on top of it. Hmm. And you hit start, and the games would just play. Well, what I was going to ask, and it sounds like your answer already is going to be no, is I was going to ask, did they have it set up where, like, you could play the game, but you wouldn't get any tickets, and that's why? If you didn't put a coin in? No, because I remember getting tickets, too. For like skee ball, okay. Because that, know. like that, I thought that was the whole thing. Was like, you know, you yeah, bought like the you tokens, get the coins, you get the. If things, you won, yeah. you got enough tickets to trade it for a shitty prize. But like, you know, that was you were basically subsidizing a shitty prize by spending your tokens, right? Um, so I was wondering if you know, okay, you can still experience the game, but you don't get the tickets if you don't have the coins, like because that would at least make some sort of sense to me. But that's interesting. Mm. You yeah. sure it was Chuck E. Cheese? Because yeah, no, positive. I remember there was like other offshoot. No, this was ones. this was Chuck E. Cheese for sure. Uh, because okay. I know the other ones that I went to had you did get like you would go and you would get a bunch of like a cup full of coins at a birthday party and you would bring those to the fun zone 
I think was one of yeah. them. I really enjoyed that. Fun one. Zone was definitely one. There was Fun another... Bubble was another one that we used to go to that I loved. That one I don't remember. I think there was like a it was like Discovery Zone or yep. something like that when I was a kid. Yeah, That's yeah. right. That's right. Man, I think we should do this show from inside of Fun Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do any of those exist anymore? I Chuck E. Cheese barely exists. It there went bankrupt Chuck several years ago. On Highway 35, maybe 15 minutes from me. I just I know it went bankrupt several years ago, reformed, and it still exists and whatever. But like I I don't I've never seen like even just driving I've never seen yeah. one of the other ones anymore. I remember there being like three or four of them. Like we've just mentioned, I'm sure there's other ones yeah. too. We, we know for a fact there were other ones historically. That was the whole start of this whole full cast thing was them talking about it was like like whatever party plus or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> called. And I don't remember what it was called now. It doesn't matter. That got absorbed by Chuck E. Cheese at some point. Fun Fun Station was my jam because like there was that's where Fun we had Station. There's a Fun Station too. Yeah, isn't that what I? I feel like that's yeah Fun Station USA. That's where. That's okay, the one you that said something about a fun zone and a fun bubble. No, sorry. Fun station and fun bubble. Okay. Discovery zone. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That one we definitely had by me where I lived as a kid. So. Fun station I loved because they had some sick arcade games. There was like, and I feel like you always knew like it, it, it was like which kids, like if it was the kid who had like a lot of money, like when you went to their birthday party, you got to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you got like. 20 minutes of playing basketball and then like 10 minutes of batting cages and then like 10 minutes of bumper cars and then like a 20 minute laser tag match and then like 30 minutes to run around in the weird gymnasium type thing that they had, which I, you know, you would play tag in it. It would be the greatest time of your life. Someone was starting up in the ball pit. Yeah. And then uh, there's like a zip line. I don't know. So it was a, it was a blast. I love, I love that stuff. It's a good time. Remember roller rinks? I went to a roller a roller rink once with church choir. <laughs> That's an experience. It was fun. It was I fun. think I went to one once or twice as a kid. There was one where I lived in Vermont. There was one like twenty minutes away, so it was like a reasonable area. I definitely went like once or twice where like my mom like organized with like a couple of other like friends' moms and like. The moms took the friends, so it was like four or five or six of us or whatever, like going to the roller rink. We we definitely did that at least once, maybe it was twice. Mm. Mm. The bigger thing up there, obviously, being that it was always covered in snow, was um, like skiing and like ice skating. So like I definitely Shh. went ice skating a bunch as a kid because it was like a pretty good rink right near where we lived. Because our high school was like pretty big for Vermont, so they had a like a skating rink there because like hockey was obviously mm-hmm. a big thing like we lived close to burlington so like there was like a bunch of rinks in the area so like skating was a big thing up there hey yeah i um i used to go i used to go ice skating every saturday morning for a while when i was a kid really? and then and then I, when we got older that was like one of the things that you might do on a on like a friday night um, that was definitely an, an indoctrination thing up there whereas like I literally have a memory from being like three or four years old hmm. learning how to ice skate. I it's one of my few memories from that young. I, as kids, it was um, it was me and my sister and our friends Karen and Lauren. We would go every Saturday, and then like I remember, like as we got older, there was you know some top some some kid in class would have a birthday party at the ice skating rink, and you would go there. And I remember just like everybody being so like sheepish about getting on the actual ice and like being like holding onto the wall and stuff and like i would just 
I would just go, <laughs> and it would be like, and they, they were like, well, like, it's like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, I, like, why? Why? I was like, I don't know why. This is just what we do. <laughs> I mean, you have the skates on. Yeah, you just. Do it's it. time to get in the rink. You just go. Yeah, you just you just go, and uh... all the hemming and hawing should be leading up to getting there. Once the skates are in your possession and on your feet. I just yeah, should, should be on the yeah. I started off, you know, I started off old school with the with the double bladed skate that's strapped to your sneaker. And oh, then, I never use that. No. And then the the blades that are two blades close together, so I guess to help you with a little bit of balance. Um, and then you know the single blade, uh, the single blade, but also pushing one of the orange street cones, uh, just to you know to get used to it. And then you know suddenly, suddenly you know how to ice skate. I remember being like three or four years old and like they put little skates on you and they give you milk crate. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The milk crate. I do remember the milk crate. That's how I remember learning skating. But then I don't have a lot of memory of between that and just like I could skate. Sure. Like not like I was ever like expert at it, but like you could put me on the ice. I'm not going to fall down. Right. Not going to be able to go crazy fast. Not going to be able to execute like 90 degree turns or anything like mm-hmm. dramatic, but like I will be able to continue to skate without falling down. Yeah. And I I remember like being a kid, like the only part of the transition fra- phase I remember was like when you would go to rent skates, like the they would just want to give you like the figure skate skates. Mm-hmm. And I sh- didn't do great with those. And finally someone gave me a pair of like hockey yeah. skates. It was like, this is what makes sense. I can fly now. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I can do this and not feel like I'm like walking fast on ice. Like I'm yeah. skating now. Yeah. And like, I was always fine with those. Now it's been probably about 15 years. I, I remember going once or twice in high school with like friends on, like you said, like on a Friday night, but it was like once or twice, even sure. though there was a rink, like there currently is a rink, like eight minutes from where I live, <laughs> but we went there like twice. That's funny, man. Ice skating, ice skating rink always had a specific smell too. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, sweat, it's sweat and ice. It's, yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely and, and, is. And and shitty food. And and you know the plastic bubble that it's in. Yeah. Well, no, no we had like an indoor, like it's like that's a, that's cool. You know, because it's like you know, oh, like youth hockey and stuff is played here, yeah. so it's like, oh, they actually, I think technically there's two rinks in there. Um, you know, it's like this is the one where like the local varsity teams play on. Yeah. Like they all share the rank basically from like all the teams within like half an hour of there all share that rank basically. Yeah. I mean, this was like, I'm pretty sure this was always like, it was, I think it was year round. Maybe, maybe it wasn't year round, but like, you know, it was like, it wasn't like a, it was like, you know, those tennis bubbles. Like it was like a legit, like structural bubble thing. Yeah. But. No, I know a lot of places like that. No, we had both of the ones that we had like growing up were, it was a building nice. that had a rink or two in it because, like, they played games there. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. Ice skating, man. That's crazy. Not something I thought I was going to be talking about today. No. Fond memories. Fond me- you know what? There's one thing, actually, you, you could put it on. It's, it may be, like, in, like, a top ten list of things that I hate <laughs> is, is ice skating on, like, shitty ice. Yeah. It's, it's the bad. worst. It's, the, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, like you can't go anywhere. You are basically just stabbing your blades and walking. <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah, what is the skating. point? Oh, but the fresh ice when they just zamboni that shit. Oh my goodness! And you just glide. Oh, what a treat! <laughs> what a treat! Knife through warm butter. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Oh man, I uh, there's only one more other thing that I'm consuming, and that is I watched The King's Man. 
Yes, you mentioned that and today. I, uh, I enjoyed it. It's funny because I was watching Golden Circle mm. last night. Maybe it was two nights ago. I don't remember. But uh, I would like to get to The King's Man. I'll try and watch that within the next week or so. I, I enjoy those movies. I think, as I mentioned to you, it's got the identity, but it's in its own way. Um, it does a pretty good. It, it, it's, it's a fun, entertaining watch. It's a pretty cool origin of, of like, Kingsman um, overall. Nothing too surprising. Like, the twist is not a twist. Um, I don't think, uh, like, they they make a, like, they make a, it, they're very clearly not showing you the villain's face for 90% of the movie. And you're like, well, that's because we've seen him already. Yep. And, Classic. Um, Classic and it's like, it can really only be one character. <laughs> so and sure enough it's that character sorry you just reminded me mm. that like a couple of hours after you texted me about watching the king's man that i saw tweets about this as well and it was from spencer hall who's one of the co-hosts of the full cast mm. and he must have been watching it at the same time as you mm. Basically, is the t- the way the timeline works up. I gotta scroll back now because I f- totally forgot to link this, and this is not great podcasting. But I need to find this because I, I started laughing because <laughs> it was <laughs> not exactly the same experience that you had. Okay, I think I found it here. Okay, so from a couple of days ago, <laughs> the re- the reveal at the end of Kingsman had me wanting to boo and laugh simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> and someone. Re- <laughs> Someone responded on Hulu worth watching, and he quote tweeted and said, "Not one bit. You should watch it immediately." <laughs> <laughs> and then his response to his original thing about wanting to boo and laugh simultaneously was, "They should make another Kingsman movie, and it should be even worse and more enthusiastic than the others. Then they should do it again, but even more enthusiastically terrible than that one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think I don't know if I. Oh, I don't know if I told you this, but like. I don't know that I've ever had an experience watching a movie where I was like, I believe they call like, <laughs> I hate saying it because my old roommate used to use this phrase way too often. Michael Warren? Yeah. There's a jump the shark moment. <laughs> you probably heard him say that, but it's just yeah. like, where, but it does was Does he overuse so, that phrase? He does. But it was so, I'm like, I was like completely enthralled of like, in like the moment to moment of what was happening, that when a particular thing goes down, I literally gasped and clutched my face <laughs> and i was like huh that's never happened <laughs> i was like if i had pearls <laughs> I, would would, clutch them? I would clutch them <laughs> <laughs> um it's been nearly 50 years is someone gonna do i'm sure someone already has I just for whatever reason it's just not a, a there's no reference point in my head. Mm. Is someone going to do a jumping of the shark? Like a literal jumping of the shark? I would imagine like Jackass has done it, right? Maybe, but I meant like in like a like a normal like fictional movie or television I show. I hope so. Like, it, it's been long enough now that like... I think Adam McKay will do it. It's been such a... <laughs> like, that phrase has existed for so long that, that there are more people who have used or heard that phrase who don't know the reference than who do. Right. So at this point, hasn't it like the like the the statute of limitations run out where someone needs to do it earnestly, but obviously ironically, right? And like going forward, people will say jump the shark in reference to that instead. Yes, yeah. or like oh my gosh, they jumped the shark. 
that's funny. It's like lo- like art imitating life, and it's like not realizing that it's an homage to the original no, thing from I, Happy I, I Days. Like I think we need to make that happen. We'll have Diane Kruger jump the shark. Oh my god. This is all just... We need to start writing down the plans for our final episode. (laughs) No, this is all a Ponzi scheme for us. Eventually, one of us is going to win the lotto. We're going to make a movie. We're going to cast Diane Kruger. We're going to pay her 200% over market value to be in our movie. She can't say no. I think when we cut scope on this, I think it's just going to be like doing a a Kickstarter to get like a cameo. do the intro to the show <laughs> i forget who who was was it kenneth Blanna we were talking about last week yeah. before doing a cameo yeah. i looked it up he's not on cameo damn damn al is that for fun and games sure fun and games part two sure or one and a half because we didn't really get into the wordle there was an original fun and games this is a secondary fun and games we'll return to the fun and games in the bobus wordle set exactly sure sure is it uh is it my turn to guess Yes. Oh, okay. Do so you have a movie? I do. All right, excellent. Um, is this movie part of a series? No. Uh, just give me one second, though, because I keep not having it ready on IMDb. That's fine. And so I want to... That's not how you spell IMDb. Okay, I have the movie. You have one in... Sorry. Um, it's not part of a series. Did this movie come out before the year 1990? No. this movie come out before the year 2000? No. Okay. Um... Did this movie come out before the year 2010? Did your lights just flicker? Yes. I thought my lights were flickering. I'm so. And then when you looked up, I was really concerned. I was like, is it happening everywhere? Is this the aliens? <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> Diane Kruger, we're sorry we didn't have you on the show. Uh, <laughs> we ran out um, of time. Yes, that was my lights flickering. No, this movie. Sorry, what was the question you just Did asked? it come out before 2010? Oh, then also the answer for that is yes. Okay, so we're between 2000 and 2010. Is this an action? No. Comedy? Yes. Okay. Um, ensemble? No. Okay. Uh, da, buddy? Can you finish that sentence? Is it a buddy comedy? Yes. I just want to be... Uh, no, okay. We're just Damn burning through it. We're, gonna, we're getting there yes. fast. We're knocking some... All right, we got a buddy comedy. I, I, I would say so, yes. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Uh, Though, honestly, like most, most comedies kind of are a buddy comedy. I don't know. I feel like you have your, you've got your rom-coms that are not, you've got your ensembles that are like expanded buddy comedies. And then you well, have what I'm like, saying is like, even like an ensemble is kind of a buddy. Right. But you, it was, but it wasn't an ensemble. So I think it's really narrow. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's um, fine. Uh, I wasn't going to poke holes. In you. I was just thinking I was thinking about it in service of answering the question, and I'm like, kind of every like major comedy I can think of is to an ex- from a certain point of view is kind of like a buddy comedy. Nice. Uh, does it take place? Oh, it's worth it. Because I can't. Can I think of anything that doesn't? Are you were you burned by Blazing Saddles? I am. A, I am a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm still a little bit hurt by that one. Uh, hmm. Buddy comedy from two- is this a movie that you and I commonly quote? Commonly quote. No. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't want to say that we've never quoted it, but sure. this wouldn't be in the inner circle of most quotables by us. Will Ferrell <laughs> in this movie? Yes. That's 10. Okay. John C. Riley in this movie? No. Would you do a movie that we talked at length about already today? <laughs> 
Um, Mark Wahlberg in this movie? <laughs> no. All right, cool. <laughs> also, I think actually that might have come out in 2010. Mm. Um, okay. We got a Will Ferrell. Pharrell? Ferrell? I'm pretty sure it's Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a Basinger situation. Uh, Ferrell? Uh, 20. Wait a minute. Now, now, now I forgot where I was at. Between Ots. 2000. Okay, it's the Dots. All right. Um, oh. Is Will Ferrell more of a cameo role in this movie? He's not the lead. He's not the lead. So I was, I was honestly, I was a little surprised that you picked him to reference, considering you already. Uh, we'll, we'll get, in, we'll get into it after. <laughs> it's the, really the quotables thing, but whatever. Continue. Okay. Um, not an ensemble. A narrow focus. Will Ferrell's in it, but he's not the lead. But not a. It sounds like more than a cameo. Then by that, <laughs> um, to be. To clarify this completely, okay. Will Ferrell is it his? It's definitely a cameo role in Wedding Crashes. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, my my point is, he's definitely not the lead in that movie, but he's in it. He's in it, but it's a but but to the question so you want that I you asked, want that you want that level of specificity. Well, I was going to say that to the question that I asked, though. Like, I feel like if it's wedding crashes, the answer is yes, it's a cameo role. Okay, so he's not a cameo. Okay, <laughs> but you know, like you know, because they do the whole thing where he's like, he's like, he's in the movie for like maybe he's like two, two scenes, one maybe a little bit more chunky than the other, but yeah, he's got a total of ten-ish minutes. It's of literally time, like but it's two scenes. Shadowy figure walks down the stairs, appears to make. A couple laughs is definitely yeah. cameo role. Uh, okay, he's in the movie. He's not the lead. It's a, it's a comedy, obviously. Um, huh? Oh, Ben Stiller in this movie? No. Interesting. I was thinking Zoolander. Definitely understandable. Fit the criteria thus far. I feel like <laughs> it. It did. It was one of the the. The possibles that was rattling around my brain here while I was thinking of the ways that you could possibly go. I am having a hard time thinking of movies that he's in that he's not the lead of. <laughs> he's typically the lead. Um, especially a buddy movie. Fascinating. And he's like in it, in it though. What? We don't quote it. John C. Riley is not in it. His some of his. His good old boys are not in it. <laughs> um, damn. Well, that's what that's what confused me about you going for the the quotable thing, and then like going with the the Will Ferrell thing because most of those movies that we we quote are like Ferrell leads, you know. Yeah, like we do a lot of quoting of like Step Brothers and Anchorman. Oh, I specifically was like thinking uh, Wedding Crashers had come to mind, and I was trying to get there, and I figured I would also get some more information if it wasn't that. And yeah. I know that like while we both are very fond of Wedding Crashers, there's maybe like one or two lines that I regularly use from that movie, but we don't do it often. Yeah. So I thought that that would have fit. Um, did not realize how many eggs I had in that basket. Yes. And how I am completely lost now. Well, it's funny because now, like paradoxically, this actually seems to have caused more problems than than it solved. 
buddy. Oh, 2000. Um, not an ensemble. I guess that's not an ensemble. <sighs> Kevin Smith movie? Is this no. Kevin's? What did you say? No. Damn. Let me just double check because I'm going to feel bad if I'm just not aware of his involvement. Uh, it doesn't look like he's involved with this movie. What movie were you thinking of? Jay and Silent Bob. Strike. Oh, I actually forgot he was in that. <laughs> definitely no, not a cameo role. <laughs> no, definitely not the lead either, though. Um, definitely a comedy. No, that, that's a funny one. Um, that That's another one of these. There's more of them than you think. Yeah. That he's involved with here like this. But that's, <laughs> that's funny because Zoolander was one of the first ones I thought of that you could chase down. I didn't even think of that one. So that's 15 now. So. Okay. All right. Uh I'm at a loss. Um, it's a comedy, not action. Will Ferrell, 2000s. He's not the lead. We don't quote it often. <laughs> um, it's, uh, am, I, am I particularly fond of this movie? I don't know. <laughs> uh, interesting. Should I count that as a question? Yeah. I- I guess. Uh, honestly, just so that we can I get feel, to the end faster. Sure, I just feel bad when I can't give you a concrete answer. Yeah. Like discard questions I can't give you concrete. Because I'd be inclined not to count as that as a question, but... How, how about how about we... I'm going to swap that one for another one. I'm fairly certain you've seen this movie. How about that? <laughs> fairly certain I've seen it. Oh, boy. For a second, I thought you froze. Oh. Uh, Come on, you can do this. I, I really I can't think of anything <laughs> any I, I can't think of anything more that he is in where it's like he's like he's like in it and not the lead. That's that's really messing with me. Well comedy you uh, have, is there uh uh So you have three questions to be asking here. Like it, there's a world of comedy at your disposal. You could still maybe get lucky at here if you ask the right questions. Is is this movie also a drama? No, it's a comedy. It's straight up comedy. Okay. Um, is, it, is it rated R? Yes. You have uh, one more question. And then I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, is it live action? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't expect you to, to stump you with this one. Really did not. Completely. Um. I, I I got nothing. I don't even have a guess. You sure? Yeah. Um. So it's old school. Old school is not an ensemble movie. I I wouldn't consider it an ensemble movie. It's really Luke Wilson and then like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell are there for the ride. Like. Wow. Yeah. I. I so I had completely ruled it out by that. I'm sorry. That's I, okay. No. That's, I wouldn't consider that an ensemble. I guess movie. that's that's. Like, 40-Year-Old Virgin's an ensemble comedy. Is Anchorman? That one's right on the edge. Yeah, I, see, like... I, that one, I would say, is I probably feel an like, ensemble. I feel like Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, while there's, like, a primary story around... It's basically Luke, Luke Wilson's, Wilson's character, but, like, the other two are very, are very much, like, I feel like mains in the movie. Sure, but, like, that's still... Like, we've typically said, like, one to three is not... I feel like a buddy comedy is, like, a pair or, like, a duo, like, that are going through. Sure, but, like, I still feel like that's mostly him and Vince Vaughn. But, like, it's, Mm. like, three buddies. Like, I I don't know. Like, like, I wouldn't call without a paddle an ensemble. Like, that's three guys. 
That's a that's a that's a fair point. But but Anchorman probably I would like I would cross that over to like because there's four of them, like and plus on top of that like other characters that get like a decent amount like, um. 40-year-old virgin, like, it's the four of them, plus, like, a decent amount of other characters that get, like, heavy involvement. Like, I would really call this the three I of would, them. I would argue that 40-year-old virgin is closer to old school and that we're following Steve Carell's character as the main versus the ensemble. Sure, but, like, he gets, like, a bunch of group scenes with the four of them and then discrete scenes with him and one character, him and one character, him and one character. And then there's other characters who even get storylines as well. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Frank the Tank's got his own storyline. Sure, but I'm saying like that's three of them. It's most mm. it's it's Luke Wilson, or it's the three of them. And if it's just two people, okay. it's him and Vince Vaughn. It is. It's it's kind it, it, of on the edge, but I didn't real. I don't really think of that as like an. Ensemble. Gotcha. I don't know. Gotcha. In my mind, I had ruled it out, which is why I was stumped. But okay. that's probably just logistics. I it's it is kind of on the edge, but like I would. Definitely lean like 60 40 mm. not ensemble. I feel like I'm gonna not even bother with the ensemble question anymore. I think it's a tough one for comedies. Yeah. For that's fair. like dramas, I think that that can be a useful question. Mm-hmm. Like the movie we're doing tonight, I would call this an ensemble drama. <laughs> the movie we were doing tonight, I would call Travesty. Regardless, but <laughs> that's that's an opinion that's, we're that, talking about. That's what I should have. I should have. That's that's a great question. Is this movie a delight? <laughs> uh, is this is this the Phantom Thread? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you got me. I I wasn't intending to, and I I certainly wasn't trying to. Like in my mind, it really no, that's fair. Didn't I really didn't think of it as an ensemble? I that's don't fair. know. Because especially like you know if you have like. There's three people in a villain because like Piven gets like a decent amount of like story, but like he's separate from the group. He's over there yeah. doing his thing. You know right, we I mean? also like, spend a lot of time with like the entire group in the house. I don't know. Yeah, but no, none of them gets to be a character though. Like the like the peak, like the one that you measure everything against, right, is probably like Lord of the Rings. Right, there's nine characters. Mm. They travel around together for a long time. They. Each get to be a character, obviously some more than others. Even after the first one, when they split up, it's a group of two, a group of two, and a group of three. Mm-hmm. That becomes a group of four. With multiple storylines going on. Yeah, and like we we are d- deeply following three groups of characters. Yeah, like that's like peak ensemble. Like couldn't even have a question that that that's an ensemble, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I think for dramas, I think that. That can be a really useful. Like the That's, Phantom Thread is not an ensemble. There's just two characters I, that matter, with a third who kind of matters. Like it's yeah, I think yeah, and then the com for the comedies, it definitely comes down to perspective. I feel like I would probably rule it out from being a question that we asked if it's like if if we're already in comedy territory. Because if I had yeah. picked old school and you had asked if it was an ensemble, I think I would have without hesitation just said yes. Okay, and, so may- I, and maybe would have thrown you off in the opposite direction. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was really surprised. Well. The thing was, even with that, though, once you got Feral and you knew he wasn't the lead, I still thought you were going to get it because you had a bunch of questions and he's only in a couple. I thought even well, if, like, you disagreed with that, like, you would, like, circle back around. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I just, I, my gut in thinking about that movie is, like, I, I consider him, like, a co-lead because I consider those three I, guys to be. The, kind of, yeah, but, like, I, I still feel like he's very distinctly third place in that. I don't That's know. That's fair. I think. 
I think we both have valid arguments for <laughs> for sure. the movie. Yeah, no, that's why I'm I, not. I'm not, I, I'm I just not don't upset want you to feel the loss. Yeah, I, and I don't want you to feel led astray because that obviously is not my intention. Of course, I, I firmly thought that when you guessed Feral at like the ninth one, I was like, oh, he's got this. He's in got bag. it. It's in the bag. This is easy. Not in this bag. is easy. Not in the bag at all. Outside the bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right in the next. Uh, cool. I think it's time for our flick of the week. The Power of the Dog, released in 2021, rated R, with a 400-day runtime. <laughs> Sorry, a two-hour and six-minute runtime. I read that wrong. Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank, debatable, inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Okay. From a certain point from of view? A, yeah. <laughs> from a certain point of view. This was nominated for 12 Oscars? 12, what the absolute shit? 12. I knew it was multiple. Oscars. Hang on. Because we, we talked about a bit of it, obviously, a few weeks ago when they came out with them. I'm going to read them off to you right now. Mm-hmm. Before we get to any tweet length or anything like that, we got to deal with this now. Sure. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Cody Smith McPhee, which we know. Sure. I hate the order of these things because I know for a fact there's another nomination in that same fucking category. It's not listed next in line. <laughs> Best Adapted Screenplay, Jane Campion. Best Achievement in Directing, Jane Campion. Best Motion Picture. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role. That's the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons. Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, Benedict Cumberbatch. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Kirsten Dunst. Best Achievement in Production Design. Best Sound. Best Achievement in Cinematography. Best Achievement in Film Editing, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures Original Score. Mm-hmm. Pensive that's Music. So, that seems like less than 12, but I guess it's 12. <sighs> that's a lot. That's a lot of unnecessary recognition. Um, well, the, you know what the thing is? I'm not, I will come, you and I have been pretty forthcoming in this. Mm-hmm. We're not qualified to critique whether it should be nominated for Film Editing. Sure. Actually, of of the of all of the categories, that one I I actually kind of did. There are there were a couple of moments that I thought were pretty stand out as far as the editing is concerned. Yeah, I, I, every once in a while that'll register for me. I I don't have a recollection. I watched this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't have a recollection of how I felt about the movie's editing in this movie. I will. I I, I'll give you one example. Um, there's a chilling, a bone chilling scene of Kirsten Dunst playing the piano and Benedict Cumberbatch Cumberbatch? Did I say that right? Yes. Walking past her and going to the stairs and starting to make his way up the stairs without her noticing that he's in the room uh, and the cut to the door being open and the cut back to the door being closed upstairs. Like there, there was just that it was already uncomfortably tense and the way that they execute that the clipping of all like all of the cameras that were set up for that one scene, I thought was pretty impressive. Fine. Uh, the the song the the score was fine. It was solid. I don't Pensive know if it's Oscar worthy, but it was it was fine. It was solid. That's it was solid. what it says every single time music started playing. If you were watching oh. with subtitles on, because I couldn't understand a word people were saying, and I was I was okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start with. I need to I need to enter a complaint. Okay. Uh, in when I play a video game, one of the first things I do is I go into the settings. I put the dialogue to the max. I put the sound effects down to like maybe a seven or a six and the music either down to that same level or one notch lower. 
want to be able to hear what the characters are saying. Can we blow up the category of Oscar for best sound mixing? Because we've lost the technology. Yeah, it's sound gone. mixing doesn't, it's gone. It doesn't exist we've anymore. Regressed. <laughs> we've like no, like I remember this was I'm gonna probably phrase it incorrectly, but I remember like ten plus years ago, I was in high school still. Mm-hmm. Learning that we lost the technology to go to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Something that we did in the 60s, late 60s, 1969, Apollo 11. In the, let's call it 2009, because I graduated in 2009. In the 40 years, they forgot how to go to the moon. It's just not that it was too expensive. Not that they didn't have missions, so it wasn't justifying the cost. They didn't have the technology to do it anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? And in the same way, how is it that with more advanced televisions and more advanced speakers and more advanced recording devices that things sound worse now than ever than they did 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really bad. It's a real thing. It's really bad. And I mean, we're at the point now, too, where like our the upstairs you've been in this house. You know how the upstairs is laid out. The bedrooms are in the back. The living room is in the front. It's all on the same floor. There's not a lot of separation. I'm not cranking it up so that I could hear the people speaking so that two seconds later you can cut to a cow moaning at a a level that is uncomfortable and wake everybody up, not only in the house, but the neighbor. In the house next door. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, well, staying on the topic of like, not obscure, but Mm. like the not major Oscar categories, right? I actually thought that the cinematography was nice in this movie. Sure. I'll say it. Yeah. So you want to nominate them for that? Go for it. I'm not offended by that. Yeah. But as to the other things, mm-hmm. there's only one major thing that they should be nominated for. You want to nominate Benedict Cumberbatch? Go for it. Because I'm going to go right into my tweet length review. Sure. A long, slow, depressing, bland look at frontier life and depression. Coming for Come for the Cumberbatch performance. Stay for precisely nothing else. 5.5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh you gave that a lot more effort than i did i mean i tried yeah. i tried to i watched this movie i tried thinking about this movie i thought about this movie probably too much at this point sure i uh my my i'm gonna caveat this my review is not fair um but i think, i can already tell this approach phantom level phantom thread levels for you i, I, I could tell from your the yeah. tenor of your text the yeah, other yeah, day. yeah yeah <laughs> you're absolutely right i think that this is um while I didn't give this much thought, um, I believe that I showed it the same respect that the movie showed. <laughs> uh, and my review is um, why though zero out of ten, and it's just a capital Y, and then T H O. So that's not fair. I tried to be objective as much as this movie pissed me off in a mm. lot of ways. Um, I tried to be objective and truly. Give it what I thought. I mean, I didn't spend hours like with a rubric. No, and and, and we there's a there's. I feel like we go back and forth a little bit on this too. Like, if you want to critique the like as a movie, like there are certain things that it does well. I'm reviewing this for me because mm-hmm. I had a reaction to the quote unquote art that was in front of me, and I hated it. Yeah. So zero. I I try and blend. Yeah. I, I, my I, I, I objective that. score with my subjective score. It's not perfect. It also leads to there tends to be a kind of a short range of outcomes for my scores mm-hmm. because of that because it kind of balances I, itself out I think a little bit you, you throw you mix your logic with my passion and we've got a great <laughs> average amount 
We're, well, the thing is, I, we're landing at a 2.5 by default, but <laughs> I am pa- I am passionate about some of the things in this. Sure. And, and to be fair, and that's why I, I re- I'm going to kind of reject a zero is Cumberbatch is legitimately very good at this. Sure. And I thought that the other three actors slash actresses that got nominated for this were also pretty good, too. Not Oscar worthy. No. But like legitimately good. They're fine. Mm. Jesse Plemons was was good. I I I disagree. I Carson Dunst was good. I don't think Jesse Plemons was. I think Jesse Plemons was just Jesse Plemons standing there with the weird outfit on. I thought that they let him steer a lot in the first act or so of the movie, and I liked what he was doing with the character. I liked the tension that was set up between the two brothers in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was driven by how different his performance was from Cumberbatch's because there was still a range of outcomes that Plemons, but after that he just becomes awkward Jesse Plemons. He could have just been in game night from then on. Sure. Um, I generally like Kirsten Dunst. They didn't give her a lot to do for like a while. Then she had a couple of really standout scenes. The scene you were talking about at the piano, Mm -hmm. the the follow-up to that scene where she's performing and then she can't perform. And then, where she really starts to lose it in the depths of her alcoholism and then which gives away the hides. I thought she of the rest of the cast, I thought she did the best despite having the least consistent deployment within the movie. I I thought Cody Smith McPhee was pretty good I too. Say, I, I would I would put him up there with Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he, he did like I think both of them stuck very well to the characters that they were playing. Sure, it's just a little all over as to when they're on screen and what they get to do and and Cumberbatch chews up the scenery like just about every time he's on screen. Sure. To the point of like honestly diminishing some of his co-stars at times, mm-hmm. right? Not, not I'm not that I'm blaming him, but it's just like, and, like he kind of yeah, blots out his got extreme gravity, everything is like coming towards him. Kind of by design, it seems too, right? Like he's just this for like that character is just this force that is there. That is everybody has a feeling about him being in the room. Sure. It's weird because the gravity of this movie so clearly is pulled towards him. Most of that's performance. Some of that is then the deployment of script and direction for sure. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of look at this movie as first act. It's about his brother. The second act, it's about his sister-in-law and the third act. It's about his nephew. Like I would say each of the three of them is the lead of each of the acts of the movie. Mm. And he's never the lead, but yet he's the, the one who very clearly <laughs> has all of the hallmarks of the lead in as to how important he is to the story. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I can also recognize that like there's maybe some people watch movies for different reasons. Um, there isn't a reason why I watch this. Like for me, this is not a movie that I want to watch. No, I was intrigued by it because it was getting such rave reviews. I was like, oh, okay, even if it's not for me, I'm sure I'll get something out of Mm -hmm. it. Because, like, you can even go back. We cited so many times, and we've already cited it a couple of times tonight, The Phantom Thread. Mm -hmm. You hated that movie. Yeah, I did. I didn't like that movie. Mm -hmm. But at least I kind of got where some of the hype was coming from. Like, I got it, even though it wasn't for me. I I don't really get it the way that I, I spent some time this evening before we started recording reading about how other people felt about this movie because I felt very strongly about it in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I cannot reconcile my thoughts with the thoughts I saw from other people. In fact, some of the things that are like, okay, that's maybe not for me, but Mm -hmm. objectively, maybe that's the thing. I reject some of those things outright. I'll be curious to hear about some of those. um, Yeah, we can tackle some more. Because I, 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 
as you know, I, I generally try to stay away from other opinions before we record and then I kind of dive in after the fact because I don't want any sort of I, triggers I, for me like I, that, you know? I, I do too. It depends. I, there's certain movies I will engage that process more versus less. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for specific things when I do that. Yeah. Um, and I try not to let it influence, even if I end up kind of sort of changing my mind, I try and bring to the show what my first impression of it was yeah, yeah. and not let that filter in too much other than to say every once in a while, I'll be like, Oh, I read this and mm-hmm. I'll cite it. But that's not my opinion. I'm, I'm bringing to the fact that it's someone else's opinion. I saw it and I found yeah. it to be a curious take. Cause I didn't get that out of it original. Yeah. I just, I'm still, I'm still trying to wash this one off and uh, I can't stink. A lot of times the stink is on me. A lot of times I dislike if I see a movie more than a week before we do it on the show, a lot of times I do it because I'm afraid I won't get to it. And like, we're like, I'm going to be scrambling and I'm not going to feel, I like to like, honestly, for me, the peak is probably watching the movie two or three days before we record. Mm-hmm. And this one I've now watched almost two weeks before we record it. Sure. And in this case, I think that some of the space has allowed me to, I've spent a lot of time before the last couple of days actively thinking about the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's been a couple of things that just by passively like churning in the back of my mind have clicked into some like places. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. And I watched that documentary thing. Well, not documentary, <laughs> behind the scenes thing. That was a total waste of my time. Yeah, it was. I'm glad that I, I'm glad I put it on, put it up on the top of the thing. Like while I was in the shower yeah. and I was like watching slash listening to it while I was in there. Total waste of time. Yeah. yeah. There's zero, almost zero insight. It was, it, it was, yeah, I, I got some thoughts on that too. I was like, it just, it very much felt like nobody, like maybe I'm reading it wrong. It didn't really seem like anybody wanted to be there. Yeah. I see. I was the, the image that that conjured in my mind when you told me about that was not quite what I saw. Like it just wasn't like what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like, Oh, like they interviewed like the cast or whatever. And like, they didn't do that. I mean, a lot of it I think was more just about like movie process. That it's not really flattering look at them to show that in that way because i think it's a lot of is like oh we're doing like testing on like the costumes so it's like like at least i noticed that early on where it's like them standing there they're taking a picture here mm-hmm. turned it this way turned this way and that's a lot of like this is still shots it's gonna go on promotional material and this sure. is testing to make sure the costumes come out the way we want it to and that's got to be a boring process so i don't really begrudge them that but there's other scenes too where they're more like they're filming stuff and like I don't know. Maybe everyone's re- went really method on this movie. Is everyone so depressed in this movie mm-hmm. that why not? Why wouldn't the actors look depressed? No, I just felt like the entire like seventeen minutes was the director saying how great it is. There were some several minutes where she was saying nothing. No one was saying anything. Just... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So like, there's there are things there are things that it tries to explore, which is fine. You know, do that. Um, like. I think there's uh, there is something interesting to like the there's the two characters the the, lo- the romance story right like the the what's his name Phil Phil and Peter right and mm-hmm. on opposite ends of the of the spectrum but like same like in the same boat where like Phil is trying to like almost defend his I don't know what, for lack of a better term for the time but like quote unquote like manhood and bravado that he has like and like. Like he, by by being a dick, right? Like he's just like a dick to everyone, and like rough around the edges and whatnot. And it's like it's overly done, almost seemingly to um to really hide away how he actually feels. Like that's that's 
that's part of it to me. And then yeah. we have Peter who doesn't really, it, I don't really know what's going on with Peter. Like I, other than that, he's a psychopath. I don't is really. He? Yeah. Yeah. Is he a psychopath or is Phil? But they both are. There's, well, no, there's depends- a great scene towards the end. I really just want to be like you. And I'm thinking you nailed it. You're both fucking nuts. Uh, I don't know, because and my reading on this has been different than the consensus, and I don't know if I'm right or they're right, because there is a, a version of this where you can read it that way. Like, I'm not saying that that's not a justifiable take on sure. it. Like, that, that, that is fair. Like, based on certain ways he does it. But there's also, I find elements of Stockholm Syndrome in this as well, where... I think Peter has been so abused mm-hmm. at this point and so traumatized in including his father hanged himself right before the events of this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets thrown into this mix with someone who is actively terrorizing him for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then that person all of a sudden takes a liking to him and he's caught between all of that and watching how this same person is terrorizing actively his mother now. Mm-hmm. And he finds a way out. Because we'll just get because uh, honestly, it sounds like there's not much you want to talk to about uh, about this movie. Uh, so we'll, we can go into some of the stuff that I have on because sure, like yeah, okay, yeah, go on. Uh, he he kills yeah, Phil straight up he murders him. He he kills him. Yep, um, that's what I like. There's like and there's and there, it's been like we knew like I feel like from if you think back on the movie from like almost the opening scene, you know how Phil's gonna go, and just not the mechanics by which. He he comes down, you know what I mean. But and then and then it, it unfolds and and almost it's it's almost too in your face. I feel like <laughs> at times that it's happening where I feel like it could have maybe been, I, I maybe not so much. I, I like that it's definitive. In my mind, it's definitive. Um, well, so let, let's take it from the, the top. Yeah, right? yeah. The most the most definitive thing. Phil dies Phil. due to an infection in his hand. <laughs> Phil dies due to an infection. In yes. His hand. Secondary thing. Phil dies. Due to an infection in his hand brought on by anthrax that came from rawhide. Mm-hmm. Third thing, that rawhide was given to him by Peter. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's was that intentional or not? Of course, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't quote unquote know that, but you know. I it. think we know that just by the by the handling of the rope with the gloves. Yeah. Well, that's my, my point is, was it actively and maliciously done by Peter or was it subconsciously done by Peter? It was actively he hesitates before he offers it to him. It was actively and maliciously done by Peter in my mind because of the way that he re-enters the barn and takes the glove off to touch Phil's shoulder. He clearly was handling the hide with the gloves prior, knowing full well that they were diseased. Well, we already knew that. My, my point was, all the things I listed, right, mm-hmm. went from 100% fact to mm-hmm. 95% fact to 90% to now we're getting to where it's debatable. You and I are on the same. Mm-hmm. I think most people would read it that way, but maybe not. The, my point is there's room for doubt there, even if it's not the most likely outcome. It's, sure. it's beyond a reasonable doubt, but there is some doubt, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Regardless, my point is I don't actually view it as malicious. I don't think he got off on killing him. He's very clearly killing him to defend himself and his mother. I, I don't know. I do think that like there maybe I mean that, that's I believe that that's part of it. But he's also every scene, every scene up until the point where 
he doesn't like shoot him at the whatever that thing was was it before like a big ride or I actually forget a little bit the context there where he comes with them and all like the ranch hands are there. They're sitting under the trees and Phil is braiding rope and Peter comes with his mother and she's kind of trying to keep him away. And he just walks down the line of them and they're all laughing. And then Phil that had, I think that had already been passed when they had the scene where he sees him in the river, right? Yeah. That was after the river. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad I remember that correctly. I kept waiting for him to like, either beat the shit out of him mm-hmm. or shoot him or something. And he doesn't. So from that moment on, he no longer actively seems like he's planning on doing harm to him. But every scene before that, the level of tension in any time the two of them are on screen together mm-hmm. is so palpable, which it's about the only good filmmaking that they did in this movie. Mm-hmm. And we also watch both before and after that, that kind of turn in this relationship that Peter is witnessing the spiral that his mother is going through very clearly authored by Phil. Sure. Intentionally or unintentionally, and it's mostly intentionally, because he's actively terrorizing the both of them at some point or other during the course of this relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome situation at this point, where it's like he's been battered and bruised by this guy, Physic- not physically so much as emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. He allows himself to get close to Phil because that's the only thing that seems safe at this point, because you've been actively terrorizing me. And now all of a sudden you're not, you're being nice to me. I'm the whipped dog. Who's going to get close to you, but you, sh- you exposed your weakness for one second and I'm going to strike and make sure that you can't ever hurt me again. You can't ever hurt my mom again. Mm-hmm. So I don't view that as malicious. I view that almost as self-defense. Mm, maybe. I don't know. That's it's it. I could see that. I could see that argument. Um, I do think that there's a reason. I don't know. There's like the, the dissection of the rabbit, there's something intentional with that scene of the person that he is. And like that, there are links between that type of stuff. I knew it's kind of treated as if it's um, See, I, scientific I, I, and he's curious and whatnot. But that's, that's my point is I don't think it's kind of, he's literally said multiple times of studying to be a doctor. Yeah, but there was like a weird, I don't he has know. medical textbooks He's going to higher education. I don't know if that was supposed to be high school or college. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure how th- things worked back then. Um, and then he doesn't kill the cow. He goes and dissects it. He's smart enough to put the gloves on. That's how we know it's intentional that he gives him the rope mm-hmm. with the, the rawhide. And like the, that's why it's like almost certainly intentional that he's killed him. He hesitates before offering it to him because he knows it's probably infected. Mm-hmm. Because he's studying the cow to figure out how it died. Now, that's 1925. I, I always forget it. Was it was 23 when Pastor discovered microbial life? Like, I'm not 100% sure, but they obviously already knew what anthrax was. Yeah. So even if they did not fully understand what bacteria was, they understood the disease, the, the principle behind that sort of disease, whatever. Um, so all that I've read is he's the classic nerdy, doesn't know how to get his hands dirty. He's studying to be a doctor. He's looked down at because he's somewhat a feat, like all that stuff. I understand how you could read it as maybe he's weird because he's killed the rabbit or whatever, but he never seems to be getting off on it. It's always from like, seems to be from an intellectual standpoint and it's in keeping with what he's ostensibly been studying in school. It wasn't so much that the getting off of on it thing that was concerning me, but more of the, um, like there's like a, a total lack of like squeamishness, like just the way, like, especially like when he kills the other rabbit, right. When he, when he breaks the rabbit's neck, that that broke its foot mm-hmm. like the way that that's done just so casually and the way that he was dissecting it and kind of throw away when the other person in the room was like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to carry it 
And it's like, well, why not? And then when she sees the rabbit, he's just like, there's just, he like kind of sh- like shrugs and she screams and leaves the room. Like there's just something, there's something too casual about it that made me uncomfortable. And I know that, that there's a, there's an aspect of a certain type of mind that works that way. Yeah. But that also, I feel like in other stories and like, ha- like it can be linked to those, to that type of behavior. And yeah, I, 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 I will agree with you to the extent that like, you can't rule out that he is, this is a part of his post-traumatic stress disorder. I would, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not ruling that at all. I do think that there's, that's an absolutely valid angle. And I think it's possible that that's the case. I'm also kind of, the, all of these things though that have happened, maybe raise some questions for me about like the throwaway line, but like, oh, he has this friend. It's like, does he have this friend? Did he kill this friend? I was like, did the father really hang himself? That, like there were things that those were things that I was kind of curious about. Like, like he's, he's the, the friend very thing I'm, smart. Like the, fr- the friend thing I'm more willing to get on board with in the sense of not that he, he killed his friend, but the friend just might not exist. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, Oh yeah, mom, I'm, I'm normal. I, I have friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, he doesn't go here. He goes from the next town over. You you wouldn't know him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> My friend from like, Canada. Yeah, like that's that's a thing. And that there is definitely a possibility that that's the case. A very realistic possibility, in fact. Mm. Um to me though, I viewed a lot of this relationship as kind of a Stockholm syndrome yeah. situation where it's I am trying to do the thing will, will no longer allow you to hurt me mm-hmm. and that may be misguided as coming from a totally unfair power dynamic oh yeah and so that's not the same to me as going in with both eyes open that's not malicious psychotic type of behavior that's my back's against a wall and i'm trying to protect myself i think that that's a more compelling take for sure i just don't i think that i think eat, they're both plausible though Sure, you know I mean? uh, it, it is plausible that he's the two of them are playing fucking psychotic mind games with mm-hmm. each other. The thing is, like, there's only the barest hints of that. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked a little bit more of the psychological thriller mind game of that. Sure, to feel more compelled to that. Yeah, I do. To th- leave th- some I, more I do gray. think that it could have made a more clear decision in in the execution, so that it wasn't so like it wasn't so like it. And ambiguous, but like at the same time. Well, actually, I'm I'm actually saying the other thing. Make it more ambiguous. Make it more. You said. Uh, I actually think it's kind of too cut and dry the way that I saw it. I, I don't know. I feel like the if you want if you want to go the more ambiguous route, I kind of like would like the idea of maybe not make it so obvious that he's aware that he killed him with the rope. But then I guess that wouldn't be true to the character because like if he's studying animals and all this stuff, he does know it's diseased. But like. Yeah. No, it's not like for anyone else on the outside looking in, you would just think, oh, he's just some dumb kid who doesn't know about ranching. But us, the viewer, knowing who he is, we know his level of attention to detail in the study that he absolutely knows, even though he's not a rancher from the medical side. He absolutely right. knows what he did. Yeah. yeah. That uh, that casual placement of the rope under his bed and the gentle pushback. Um, not hiding it from anyone because that bed is like 16 feet off the ground. <laughs> um, I was just like, I am uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, get out of this room. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> He's going to murder me with his anthrax rope. <laughs> well, I also, I kind of viewed it as uh, 
you've served your purpose, yeah. now go away. Yeah, that'll do. Pig. Also, also, <laughs> you're actively dangerous to me. But if someone ever asks where the rope is, I can't be like, oh, I threw it out. It's like, oh, well, Phil made that for you when he died. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a strange one. It's a strange one for sure. I, why, why was the, why did we want the governor to come over so bad? It was just about like a, a like status in society type thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, like they're in Montana. There's what, uh, 1925. There's probably, uh, uh, I don't know, 500 people living in Montana. Um, it's a big deal that this ranch should be shown favor, right? Like they're probably one of the few major businesses, like the amount of wealth that they have relative to their peers in there is probably pretty substantial. Right? Yeah. But yeah. that house was pretty damn nice looking for that time. And era. Yeah, house easily costs 50 bucks, right? Like, right. Yeah. But if you move that to New York, it would probably be, I don't know, $400 sure. or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that I've actually like uh, I I, felt, I kept finding myself thinking like man, it's just, this house is gigantic. And just like thinking about like the ranch and stuff like that. But <laughs> well, I also, I also I also think that there's an element of it was so important to Jesse Plemons' character because the two of them were brought up the same way mm-hmm. and they pivot where like Phil goes maximum ranch hand. I won't shower for the next month, and George. I don't remember. Do we ever hear like was he college educated or not? I don't know, but like he knows how to do the ranching thing. Like he goes on the cattle drive, but also he wears like a bow tie the whole time. Right. So he clearly doesn't want to just be a rancher. Like he wants to be no, a guy who owns the, a ranch. He's the businessman. The, yeah. So you want the favor of the governor, whereas the other guy's like, I'm probably not going to shower still today. Yeah. And so I'll just, I guess, I'll show the first bit of like empathy that I've shown in my whole life. I won't show up to dinner because. That's going to be gross for all of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I was getting a little bit annoyed with Phil Cole and George Fatso. It's like, look, <laughs> he's not that big. <laughs> he's bigger. I just, each movie that he's in, and especially if it comes up in any way, shape, or form, I still just feel bad that Jesse Plemons never lost the weight from Fargo because at this point he clearly can't. Hmm. I feel bad for that. You think he put, As, he put it on for the role? Is that like I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he likes it. I he doesn't look healthy. Mm. That can't be good for him. As someone who also would like to be less pounds than they are. Sure. And has not been able to get rid of it in any meaningful long-term way, I I have to imagine he just can't. I think Yubi and Plemons are all in the thickly settled club. Yes, things have thickly <laughs> settled upon us and it's not great for our long-term health. And so I sympathetically feel i feel bad for him because yeah. he used to be quite thin actually mm. um creepy top. so yeah or even before that like on friday Night lights like he was even mm. skinnier then i uh two things one i actually you know what i can debunk this whole thing uh peter is in fact a psycho okay he takes a hula hoop break <laughs> yeah Kim i can tell I, that that's something that's really let's wait on you in the last I couple of days both Burst out loud laughing. You want to talk editing? There's your Academy Award right there. It's just like, we're inside. Cut. We're outside. Shake, 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 shake. Little girl walks on the screen and is like, what the fuck? And walks off the screen. (laughs) And then we cut back and we're inside again. And I was just like, you know, I I feel like you're trying to capture a moment in time. Uh, you, You are doing some stuff that is that. I guess this is that too. But also so abrupt and out of nowhere and 
definitely threw me for a loop. No pun intended. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I was just I. I feel like I the pun was at least ten percent intended. I can't not. I can't not think about it when I think about this movie. And every once in a while, I uh, like Kim's in like will like walk in the room. And I will very like aggressively do the motion like I'm doing the hula hoop because it was very <laughs> aggressive. And she'll laugh, and it, it gets a laugh every time. Well, it's because he's so skinny. Sure, the hula hoop looks disproportional to him because he he's literally pencil shaped. Yeah, his shoulders are as wide as his ankles, <laughs> and also his waist is the same width as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't understand it. It's you think that hula hoop had anthrax on it? <laughs> dance with the I'm, devil. I'm starting to get the impression. <laughs> We definitely got Chekhov's anthrax early on in the movie. <laughs> and so I definitely got the impression that in 1925 in Montana, everything was just just covered in anthrax. <laughs> 1925 Montana, where everything's covered in anthrax or a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the hula hoop's covered in anthrax. Sure. So. Um, yeah, no, like you dig through like the alleyway between your house and shed. Because, you know, most people whose houses have an alleyway, Mm -hmm. even though they're not, like, in the middle of a city, and you're looking for your bottle of booze, anthrax. Cow, cutting off its testicles without putting gloves on your hand, anthrax. Hula hoop, anthrax. Rope, anthrax. This lovely baby grand piano, anthrax. Yeah. Yeah, just, I, I... Some of that stuff, like I mean, like the leading up to Phil being killed by anthrax is 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 so obvious uh, in that it's like, don't ever touch those things. Like, don't touch the diseased ones; you'll die. That's first line, like line one of the movie. Also, I, God I, damn it, my hand is so cut and not healed <laughs> no, no, but, for like weeks now, guys. But before that, even like when he when he is cutting off the testicle, he's just like, you don't wear gloves. Never wear gloves. Never. <laughs> I don't wear them. Just don't wear God, them. No. Gotta feel God it. no. Oh, I don't man. wear the I, I don't wear the gloves. They might have anthrax that on cut. them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then we get the cut, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, that cuts pretty deep. That cuts real deep. Yeah, it's pretty deep. We should probably get that looked up. Yeah, it's, it's a deep cut. It's a deep, deep cut, cut that nothing nothing can happen to. Which, anthrax is on everything, but it won't be on my hand. Which is still bleeding. Yeah. When he puts it in the water. Days later, <laughs> the time frame on that was not clear to me. <laughs> well, that's what I was getting at. Like he just cut, and his hand is just open forever. <laughs> I also, man, Phil went down quick. I don't feel so good. Gotta get dressed up to go to the doctor. That's a weird thing to have to do. <laughs> we had to go to. He had to go to town. Sure, sure. You gotta be in your. I mess. think getting dressed up made him look more a mess. Oh, he looked. At least twenty percent sicker because he was wearing clothes and not covered in dirt. Yeah, well, I guess you know he was ready to be placed right in the coffin, right? It's true. They didn't have to go through the whole typical like mortuary services of let's put some makeup on you and put you in this awkwardly shaped pine box. When Phil was was dead, I feel like without saying it, George is probably like, it's kind of for the best. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is run its course. <laughs> uh, he's just. Uh, I really, I really hated that relationship because, yeah. like, weirdly, they really do seem to love each other and also hate each other. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Oh, you know what? Didn't pay off. What? Phil's paranoia about. I don't know. There were two or three two scenes that I can think of right now where Phil is. Very clearly scared. 
he's alone in the hotel and he's looking for his brother and he's not there and he's he's on edge. He's very on edge and every little noise he's like looking over his shoulder. That was interesting. And then it happens again when they're in the house and I guess they lock him in his bedroom so he can't I don't really know what that was. Lock Phil in his bedroom? Yeah, George is like showing Rose where she could brush her teeth. And just before that, they like kind of they lock the key goes into the door handle and locks Phil's door. And he's like, again, paranoid and playing the banjo. Huh, I don't remember that one. I remember the first scene you're talking about. I actually, well, I, I remember, sorry, I do remember the scene you're talking about. I don't remember that he locked the door. Yeah. I, Kim, Kim or, was wondering or if no, maybe. Actually, I think, I think maybe the way I watched that scene, I assumed that George was locking the door so Phil couldn't get into them. That you, you, you think that they were locking the door so Phil couldn't get out? I, I don't know. And this this actually could be a reason why maybe it shouldn't be up for editing. Because the way that it cut, it looked like they were locking his door. But then Kim okay. was like, maybe it's a joined bathroom door to the rooms. And they were locking the one side. Okay. Um, Just like, because she's in the, she's I do remember the bathroom. Or I don't actually, know. to get back to like editing and cinematography and everything. I do remember that sequence being vaguely confusing. Yeah. It felt like there was a lot more rooms in the house than there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was weird. I don't I don't understand what that was and I feel like I, I oh, were we trying to are we trying to show that like he has this vulnerability and that uh, maybe like I feel like there was just like a misconnection maybe between that and like when he was um stuck in the mountains with Bronco Buck, what was it? Bronco Henry? Bronco Bronco Henry. Bronco Henry and like maybe feeling scared and alone and because he's not around him, like maybe that, like, cause it seems like similar to what Phil is doing to Peter. I kind of wonder if that's what Bronco Henry did to Phil. And like, there was some sort of trauma there that like, we're not fully aware. Like he's obsessed, right? Phil is obsessed with BH. So let's, let's get to, this is some of what I was talking around okay. for a while now. Mm-hmm. At what point are we going to stop lauding movies about repressed gay rage? Mm. That's not advancing the conversation. Mm. I understand why, like, in the past. Yeah, I I follow you. Where, like, oh, we're doing a story about gay people, but that's not okay because gay people aren't okay. This is my sarcastic voice. Yeah, yeah. But, like, oh, that person was a tortured genius or whatever because Mm. they were gay. And it's like, maybe, maybe they were, but. I, I think we've probably moved past that mm-hmm. point, right? I, yeah, it, it almost seems like it's holding holding back on progression, right? By this this movie feels like doing it. This it would have been revolutionary fifteen years ago. Sure, yeah, yeah story. I, I could I could see that. We're like we're past that. Like we've had, well, I guess about fifteen, maybe more than fifteen years ago. Now we we had a broke back mountain. I never saw that movie, and I know that that's not a gay rage mm-hmm. situation, right? But like. It seems like that more eloquently from what I know about the movie did this story than this one did. Um, we've had stories and I understand this is a very a nonfiction story. Like we had Benedict Cumberbatch play the repressed yep. gay genius in as Alan Turing. Like that's a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Right. We know about the speculation about Isaac Newton and all these other people in his, like historically nonfiction. Right. Mm-hmm. But at what point is, We've gotten past the oh, well, how do we get representation? Because uh, anyone can watch like the tortured struggle, and like that will allow us a window into a thing that's the uncomfortable topic that we don't want to talk about societally. But considering how many 
years, decades, centuries, millennia that gay people have been demonized. Mm-hmm. We're going to launch another story yeah, I... in which the lead character is supposed to be, oh, it's such a tortured and fraught and human story. No, you've made another psychotic prick who was gay right. and covering it that continues and perpetuates that same cycle of violence against gay people. Mm. Oh, you're gay. You have been repressed your whole life. And so you're then prone to violence. Like we know that that's not true, but the longer you keep lauding these situations, the more that that continues on to be where we're not going to treat them like equal human beings. Right. Yeah. That, I, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of got, a, a, I definitely had a similar thought going into it. And I think, I, I think the best example to give like of doing it right, you, and like, I like, I ha, like really like should be like the new standard. If you think about Shit's Creek, sexual fluidity and things like that aren't, they're not, they're, they're just, it's just natural and happening. There's no comment on it. It's just what it is. And it's acceptable. Because well, there's, that I mean, there's, normal. there's plenty of comment and, on it. Like it's not there's there's plenty of comment on it in, in like it was done in a nuanced way. It wasn't an in your face, like we're just gonna slap you in the face with it mm-hmm. sort of way. But the point was that whole show was a showcase for their people. Yeah. They do and like the same things that everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Stop treating them like well, they're and, other but, because and the, they're not. That, and that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I love about it. It's like it's not a central focus of the show. It's just that's not the central focus. Yes, a, I understand. There are characters that are being portrayed with different sexual proclivities than others, and it's not a it's not a point that is hung on. And I think it's done so gracefully and just so natural throughout the course of the show. And it's just it's just how it is. It's not like it's not a thing that we're shining a spotlight on yeah. like this, right? Where like he's a heart like he's, you know, like you were saying, like he's a violent person because of like this pent up rage because of these things. It's like you're right. I I'm I am I am with you on that. It it, it does it definitely seems like over the course like almost like a bell curve, like we were like there was progress being made in the storytelling and exposure and under like trying to get more information out there in front of people so that you could just experience it and understand. And then yeah. like something like this, maybe it's like, you know, the one step forward, two steps back. Like it, it yeah, it's, this it back is absolutely a step back. This is absolutely against the progress that's been made in recent years where like outside of like the bird cage, like in the past, like 30 years up until like five years or so ago, you couldn't get a story about gay people that didn't include this sort of mm-hmm. thing. And that's, like I said, continuing to perpetuate that cycle of like violence and distrust and otherness about it that is counterproductive to anything ever being solved and settled amongst you know, the gay and hetero community, like beyond just the people who are actively being allies, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Moonlight, Call Me By Your Name, like those advanced the plot of this in a way that I thought I I, actually, I never saw either of those movies, mm. but what, from what I know about both of them, and you you definitely saw Call Me I By saw Your them Name. Both, yeah. Did you you saw Moonlight? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that every story is that. I'm not saying every story has to be those things specifically, but they try to tackle it, from my knowledge, in the way that uh, Shit's Creek did, maybe more overtly. But the point of 
these are people who live differently than you, but that doesn't make them any less human than you. Right. Yeah. It, it, I, and and that's a uh, yeah. You're you're right. And it's like it, it's sending. It's just an exposure to a different point of view and a lifestyle that you don't have exposure to without making it being like. But it's it's like yeah. It, it, I don't know how to phrase it. Like it, it's not like different. It's just like different than you. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're it's just the same. You're it's just a person going through life, dealing with emotions, dealing with relationships, and it doesn't have to be some separate topic yeah. it's just like well, i just, it's just I, I just living i don't and being a person what's frustrating to me is like i it didn't i didn't think about this for the first day or two there was something that just felt off to me like i forget about the part that i didn't enjoy the movie and i thought a lot <laughs> of it was kind of pointless but for like a couple of days I, was like, ah, I don't know there's something that's not i can't reconcile and i don't know why mm-hmm. it took me a while and i finally realized what it was because it, it informed a conversation i had with my brother several months ago because me and him and a couple of his friends i told you about we read dune watched we're super excited to see the movie watch the movie mm-hmm. and they had commented not complained but just commented on the fact that oh it's interesting that they de-emphasized especially when you consider it to the book and you consider it to the 1984 dune they de-emphasized the fact that baron harkonnen was gay it's like yeah i didn't know how they were gonna tackle that portrayal i was like but it makes sense because I have seen and heard, and it's something I never thought about when I was younger until I, I read and heard about a bunch of different stories. And this is like, huh, I guess I never noticed that, but that's a fair point. There have been so many villains in popular fiction who, to characterize them, they're made gay. I'm talking about fictional characters. Mm. And whether that's a conscious or subconscious choice, it creates the association with villainy and gayness. Right, gay bad. That's that's like like on like that's what it's boiling down to. On yes. Yeah. Some of it has obviously been conscious. Some of it, I'm sure, has been unconscious. Mm-hmm. Not all of it's been done with malicious intent, but the point is, all of it results in the same set of connotations. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I wonder if a conscious choice was made to not make to not emphasize the gayness of Baron Harkonnen because. It's just continuing to fall into that same trope, and it's not productive. Hmm. It's not to say that gay people can't be bad. Of course they can. They just like straight people can be bad. Yeah. But the point is that your gayness is not the source of your villainy. Yeah. Whereas so many things in fiction and in nonfiction have been associated and tied together in that way. And so that's what frustrated me about this movie as I realized, as I thought about it some more. And as I started to finally see like the tapestry connect together in this movie for me as to what the source of all these characters is strife and struggle was. Because I remember at first when I was watching the scene where Phil's in the river, I didn't really get what was going on until I finally saw the BH on the the handkerchief. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's gay. He was in love with Bronco Henry. Mm-hmm. Duh. I, like finally clicking for me. Duh. To me. To be clear, I I was kind of phased out when I was watching that scene. The magazines that were hidden in that spot by where he takes a boat in the river, was that his magazines or was that Peter's magazines? Those are Phil's magazines. That's what I thought, yeah. but I wasn't I realized in like as the scene progressed, I was actually not 100% sure because I only I cuz you know what it is, it's a it's actually a callback to a like 20 minutes or 30 minutes earlier in the movie. Yeah. Where Phil goes in is in that is in what I was I was calling Phil's hidey hole. 
Sure. I thought that was the case too, but I was confused because it was just too convenient that Peter found it so immediately Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh wait, were they both using this as their little Yeah, that was definitely definitely a little weird. I honestly like- It just created a little ambiguity. Like I thought that was the case, but I was just a little bit confused. I wanted to know what your take on that was. When Phil comes out of it, out of the hole, like in the first- time that you see it 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 almost looks like it's some sort of shortcut that he's taking i didn't it didn't seem to me like it was like some yes. sort of fort and then when when peter goes into it it's like they it, you're seeing it from the other angle and he's actually going into it's like a cutout cove and it, it was very obvious that it was the same area yeah it was the, it was the exact same he moves he yes. actually even moves a little door the in same, the same way like it's yeah that 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 big hunk of bark or whatever yeah. right so from that moment, I was like, okay, finally, I get what this movie's Peter, about. Peter, Peter's walking down the road and sees it, and he goes, oh, look, a plot. And he moves yeah. <laughs> and he moves it out of the way. Yeah, it took, it took two-thirds of the way through the movie for me to understand finally what the movie's about. And I was like, wait, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you see when you look out at those mountains? A dog. What the fuck? You, <laughs> you just see that? <laughs> little, little, little too on the nose, right? Um, and its power. So it's fun. <laughs> I still don't know what that fucking Bible verse is supposed to mean exactly. I mean, obviously it's supposed to be some reference. Well, this is what reinforced my point about um, that. It was kind of a self-defense killing because it was deliver my soul from the sword, deliver my darling from the power of the dog. Mm -hmm. And so I viewed that as he's seeking absolution for himself for killing. And you know what? I will affirmation for the fact that he protected his mother and you bringing that up in the context. I actually, I'm more on your side. That's well. That was the final linchpin for me to like, that nailed it home. Because at first, when they showed that scene, I like it's like I don't get that Bible verse, and I'm not an expert in like the Book of Psalms. Like yeah. I'm just not. You know, it's funny. Uh, personal problem that I have with text on a screen. Um, when there, when I am, when a chunk of text is put on the screen, the you try to read it all. The, the first thing that runs through my mind is, oh my god, I hope I can read this fast enough. Yep, and by the all. time. I've gotten through that thought. We've moved on. And I read none of it. And that's so because <laughs> all of your bandwidth is consumed with, I need to read this fast, yeah. but not reading it fast. Yeah. yeah, no, I've went through the same thing. Um, sorry to get back though, to the points I was at. I, 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 I like that conversation. I think we, yeah, both, yeah. I think that helped clarify some things for both of us. Some of it I'd already had, but it got to see that that resonated with you. Cause it, it reaffirms it for me too. Um, so back to my point about like the gayness and the villainy and all of that. Mm. I don't see how this is productive in any way. Forget about from a societal perspective, even from a movie perspective, because then this becomes in no way, shape or form in any way original. This is so fucking tired. Mm -hmm. And so again, it brings back to me the point. Why is everyone going nuts for it? Because I finally developed in a coherent enough way for me to have like a take on this a couple of days ago. And I was like, just didn't have time. Work's been so busy the last couple of days today. Before we recorded, I spent about half an hour reading up. Just took a sampling of a swath of reviews of this. Movie. Sure, no one is talking about what I just said, and really? I'm not saying that in like the straw man way. Like, I, like, like all of the top possible, like you know, New York Times, Washington Post, Vox, like Variety. Uh, I I read like six or seven reviews. Mm-hmm. I confess, being that I am not gay and I don't have a ton of gay friends, I have a handful of gay acquaintances. I don't really have a ton of gay friends. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. I don't know what like the hotbed of if I want gay perspectives, where do I go for that? Sure. It would have been powerful for me. I just didn't have time to make that work because 
I could have reached out to friends of friends. I just ran out of time to do mm-hmm. it. Um, and maybe they would have seen the movie and had their own thoughts on it, or maybe they would have told me where to look to find other people's more informed, critical thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, I'm still curious to get around to that. I, I would like yeah, to yeah, read for sure. some stuff on that. But to me, knowing what I know from just trying to learn and be better the last several years about this stuff, mm-hmm. to me, this movie feels like a slap in the face of all of that progress that's been trying to be made. Yeah. Where it's like, stop treating us like villains let us let our acts and deeds be judged on the merits not on our gayness or straightness everyone whether you're how many people want to be treated based on the base of their merits not on the fact that they're white or black or the fact that they're christian or muslim or atheist or what like no matter what the othering of people in that way to create scapegoat villain like this is a literally tale as old as time right and Furthermore, to, to like the point of the plot of this movie, like I, I remember early on being confused by the frustration and the tension between Phil and George. It starts to now open up a whole can of worms. Because, okay, Phil was in love with Bronco. Right. Fine. Now Phil is maybe falling in love with Peter, but he's bullied the absolute fuck out of him. Is he grooming him? Mm-hmm. Is it a situation of Stockholm mm-hmm. Syndrome? Which then asks the question to go back: Was his relationship with Bronco healthy? Right, and that's absolutely what I was what I was curious about. Was like, is it is it the same? Is this just the only way that he knows how to? Sure, which like again, others and vilifies. How many decades did we hear gay people are pedophiles? Like they were, it was just synonymous. Mm -hmm. It's not the case. It's just not true. We 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 know that scientifically more than we know anything else about gayness. And it's like, again, you're doing the thing that is actually harming the conversation and progression to a point where that doesn't have to be a conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's possible for us to ever get there. I know it damn sure ain't going to happen if we keep going about things like this. Yeah. And, and and to me, I actually think that that's probably the case where they were going for in this movie because I didn't understand the sense of tension where every time Phil lauded Bronco, George shuts down. Yeah, so I was curious about that as well, and I was thinking it's maybe like was George knows a like knows about how like who Phil is and and how he is, and he is fine with that. But I think maybe he recognized maybe there was an abusive relationship between Bronco and Phil, and that's why. And yeah, and that's it's, why he's it's, it's more than it's more than that though, because mm-hmm. I don't know. Does he know who Phil is? I, I, Does yeah, he know that Phil's gay? I guess I don't know. Because he's got his magazine hidden. He can hide that in his room. Oh, that's he, true. He it's wasn't, not like the cow hands are going to be in yeah, the house. Yeah, he wants to impress the cow hands. That's like, true. I get that. That's why the facade exists. Mm-hmm. If his brother knows, he doesn't got to hide that from him. So to me, every time he shuts down, mm. that to me speaks to the fact that Bronco probably abused George. Oh, interesting. And they, and they were just both on, like, had, like, different... And every time Phil is like, Bronco is God. Yeah. George is like mm, different experience. I got raped by Bronco. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I didn't. I Which, had not considered that. I I don't know that for a fact. There's no way to know if it's not a. It's something that's entirely debatable opinion. It's how you read mm-hmm. critically and everything. Sure, like, that's totally fine. But like these are the supp- these are the only suppositions I can draw based on everything I've seen in this movie. Yeah. And so again, I get back to the point of why are we going nuts for this movie again? Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Good. 
Lots of great points there, Al. Thank you. I'm sorry. I know I dominated this no, conversation I, a bit, but like, I, I, I had really strong thoughts the last couple of days about this, where it's like, I really don't get why we're talking about this movie like this. It does not make sense to mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm, I'm very much with you. It's, I really, I, I'm concerned because I feel like based on we'll, like what we've seen so far, that it's probably gonna like sweep. There's a good chance, and I don't think it should. Who knows though? Maybe we're doing this based on. I've been reading some stuff in the last couple of months. We've obviously been hearing for the last couple of years. The Oscar so white. Mm. The how the demographic had been such a had been so like dominated by, for lack of a better term, old white men. Right. Mm-hmm. There's been a huge turnover in the voters in the last five years or so. Mm. Uh, whether that was intentional or just a cause and a like a correlation versus causation is like you know you can make that yeah. argument i don't know enough about the process by which all the people who are like allowed to be voters happens or not and who's retired and not retired and who didn't want to do it anymore and who wanted to do it and what expansion of the academy that they had but the point is uh it's it showed up pretty evidently in the numbers of nominations wins etc for the last several years that there has been a pretty substantial change in the demographics of the voters mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of people in that Academy who feel the way I feel about this and it'll get shut out. It got nominated 12 times and the voters will say like, nah, nah fuck that. <laughs> yeah. nah, I, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it sweeps. I mean, we, yeah. we kind of sort of saw this a few years ago. I know you liked the movie. I don't know if you've your opinions changed on this or not. I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah. I never saw the movie, but green book. Everyone seemed to love it. Mm. And that received a ton of backlash yeah, for yeah. how it, portrayed just in the macro like black and white relationship at that time you know in the era of the 50s 60s whatever it took place let alone the fact that i don't remember the names of the characters but the marshall lee character the real life person his family were like that's not how it went down yeah. they were not friends like why is this a thing mm. everyone lauded it it's like another like white savior movie quote unquote whatever i don't know because i never saw it but i remember hearing in the lead up to that movie how much everyone loved it and then hearing the backlash to it winning like the oscar and it's like yeah i oh okay that's weird i i i, I guess i wish i'd seen it i just never well. got I, to it. I definitely enjoyed the movie i'll be completely honest with you i i, I enjoyed it. i didn't know anything about the story going in um i i liked the i didn't see it as like the like the white savior comes in i actually thought of it more along the lines of this character who was brought up a certain way it, is his mind can be changed Mm -hmm. um, to being a little bit more accepting by actually being exposed to somebody from another culture. And that I actually liked that execution. Granted, if it is based on a true story and completely fabricates that and uses the names, there's a, I do, I, you know, that's a problem. I'm not. And that's, it sounds like that was, the crux of some of the armor. I'm not saying it was all of it, yeah, but, but like, on its but on its own, I stand by. I I very much enjoyed the movie. We all we all want that story. Yeah, we all want it. Like be just the, be the, be good to each other, and if sure. you're being bad, learn to be better. Sure, but the, if the criticism is that doesn't reflect reality, you know, mm. it's hard to argue with that. Mm. And I and I don't know. I don't have the answer. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah, neither do I. I um I but I, I will say as far as like Nick. Like, as far as going to the movies to see it, I I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, even independent of all that stuff, it can be a good movie. Sure. Like, no. But, oh man. Do you have anything else on this? On this? No, I feel like I got thing? a lot off my chest. This... I think I've got it all. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, I. I mean, listen, ever anyone, you, anyone listening, whatever, can agree, disagree with however much I say. I, I hope it resonated. I hope at least it's like. I see where you're coming from, whether I agree with you or disagree with you. It sounds like you, you're a decent test case for me mm-hmm. with that. We didn't, I told you ahead of time that I wanted to talk about this stuff, but I didn't tell you what it was going to be yeah. about. So this, I'm glad that your natural reaction at least has been, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Even if you, whether you agree a hundred percent, 90%, 50%, whatever. Yeah. I definitely see where you're coming from because without, um, going into like all of these specifics again, like definitely watching the movie, I, it crossed my mind for sure. Like why, like why are we doing this story? Yeah. Like, and especially like one that doesn't really, the story doesn't really, it's not, it's not, a, it doesn't really go places. It's not full. I don't think it's a full story. It's like a snapshot piece. No, there's a lot of open space and in this, which like, is like typical for a Western, I guess, yeah, but I don't know. It's just very, very much not, a movie that I ever want to watch again. Yeah, I no, definitely not. I just it's funny because when you were saying the other day about having watched the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and how like you felt like she came off as like kind of unctuous or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I watched the thing, and like that was also around the time. It took me a couple of days after you said that for this to all click for me, and then for me to watch the thing like kind of full circle is like. There's a level of arrogance, whether that was intended or not. There's a level of arrogance in the making of this movie that's really frustrating to me. Yeah, yeah, that that was absolutely frustrating from watching that 17 minute train wreck. Um, I the best way I can describe it after watching the movie and then immediately following up with that because it was it was like hit next to playlist. I was like, well, I got to see this, so I hit play. And after that was done, I realized, you know how I feel right now. I feel like Jesse Plemons. Standing in that room with that ridiculous fur coat on. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sweaty. <laughs> I just don't want to be here. <laughs> and that's 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 how that movie left me. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's all for this week. Do you yeah. agree? Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode, Flicks in the Six. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Albie Olsic. Thanks for coming out. Did you mispronounce your last name? Did I? I think you stuttered a little bit. I, I am a little tired. Okay. That came up. But, uh, you know, it happens. Yeah. No, it wasn't like a, a mispronunciation. Like, you, I think you kind of stuttered. It's either that or the internet, like, just got choppy for a second, which is also very possible. But, true. Are you going to solve your bobus world? Yeah, I guess. Or? Let me, uh, just some right, this I'm going to go grab a snack real quick. I'll be right back in one second while you're pondering your next guess. Okay. Let's see here. Pull up the wordle again. All right, so I've typed in quote. Okay, so you had bikes and peaky, right? And now I've got quote. quote. So I've got two letters in the same spot. 
in the right spot, and I've got oh, nice. one letter just in the wrong spot. So you have the O-T-E. E and the O mm-hmm. in the right spot and the T in the wrong That's right. You've chosen an interesting strategy where you've chosen a word with a Y and a Q. Because most people go the Wheel of Fortune and try and pick sure. the most common yeah, letters. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, uh, I like I to live on like the edge. I like Yeah. <laughs> um, and the O and the E are in the right spot. The T is in the wrong spot, which means it's either in the first or second position. That's correct. Uh, I feel like I'm working with a TH situation, but I don't know what to put between the O and the E. <laughs> um, it's interesting to look at the keyboard and see what other letters you have. Yes. That you haven't used yet. I like that they add that on the keyboard, the ones that you have right, wrong, and kind of in between. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> like in looking at it, it's like, you know when like you have like a hard time figuring out words that you know? Yeah. And you're just like, is there some obscure word that, is this going to be like one of those things where it's like, of course that's the answer. <laughs> the first day I did it, I, um, I also went through a period of time where it was like, I'm tired and I've forgotten a lot of the words I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is I was trying to come up with a lot of clever words and some days it's very obscure words and some other days it's like something that's very straightforward. Mm. Some days it'll be like there and other days <laughs> it'll be like vapid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. Could the tea be in the second. If it were, what would go before it? Nothing. There's nothing that can go before it. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Ooh. You know what I had not considered is a letter being in the word twice. <laughs> so that was the thing I said earlier. Uh-huh. This is the only hint I'll give you for this. There's no repetition word. Okay. A letter and word in this. I don't know. I've only been doing it for, like I said, three or four days. I don't know what all of the rules are. I have not seen a repetition so far. Okay. I don't know if that's allowed or not. Cool. Because that would be uh, certainly a mindfuck. Yeah, right? Um, if it is a TH, I don't know what letter to put in between the O. Well, what I always find is, if you come down to that level of specificity, you know all the letters you have to your disposal. Do any of those make a word? And if so, is that a word you want to guess? Because I, in the convention that you're thinking of, there's only one word I can think of. Basically, what I'm telling you is it's not an H. The only word it could have been is those, but you're yeah, yeah, no, the S isn't there. That's why, yeah. Um, well, like, like, rogue. (laughs) 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 Oh. What a great feeling. <laughs> All right. So I think I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah, I said it, the, the next one's already out. I'm going to probably wait till tomorrow to do it because I think they drop at midnight. So um, I like like I said, I like it as a little early morning. Yeah. Let's wake up or a mid- midday. Let's let's uh, kind of space out for a minute. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think I, I chose my first word was orate. I wanted to get a lot of vowels on the, mm. the floor. 
So I had that's the good. O in the wrong spot, the T in the wrong spot, and the E in the right spot. I was like, okay. So I was messing around with some words, and I was like, okay. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I had the R as well in the, in the right spot. I was like, I came down to there's two words I think that it can be. It's either, tro- it's either trope or trove. I chose trope and I was wrong, but I had four of the five letters right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I think I know the answer now. <laughs> I'm not even going to submit it. <laughs> I'm confident. Closing the book on this one. Nice. Well, thanks for introducing me to Wordle. I appreciate it. I thought you might uh, find it to be a curiosity. Oh, indeed. Cheers. Cheers.